saying hey everybody to the people who are watching on facebook good to be back and doing my thing after spending a little over a a week in the hospital and taking some time off to get uh, some health issues under under control this was you know i didn't think this was uh as serious as when i had my open heart surgery elizabeth but i found out more it was even more so I found from my doc, uh, I learned that I was pretty close to death. I had no idea, no idea whatsoever. And I felt great. If you got to die, that's the way to die. I'm just saying that you're feeling good. <laughs> pretty close call, Mr. Ellswick. <laughs> it was close. It was, it was a lot closer than I did. My, my, my wife was saying, do you realize how close you were? And I mm-hmm. said, I was feeling fine. And the doc was standing there, and she goes, you weren't fine. If you'd been 24 hours later, your organs would have started shutting down. And I was like, say what? <laughs> and you're still giggling. So here I am. Here I am. You know, bottom line, I'm back with you. I'm good, glad to be here. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, to say the least. Elizabeth is here. She's probably been keeping up on things a little better than I have, to be honest, knowing her. So uh, I'll just ask you, what's the big story right now, Elizabeth? Well, do you want to pick from sports or politics? Well, let's go politics. I could care less about sports. I mean, if you want to talk about Kaepernick or whatever, I don't want to talk about <laughs> do we, him. Do we have to? Yeah. yeah that's just He's hardly worth yeah, talking about. Look, if he really wanted to play in the NFL, Come on, guy. he wouldn't be pulling this crap. And no. if anyone wanted to sign him over the past three years, they would have signed him. I agree with that as well. And if they wanted well. to sign him, we got to check their mental capacity. And you that's got, another thing. You know, you got eight teams that went over to that high school to see him work out you know and then yeah. he wants to complain about it and my answer to that is just shut your pie hole well he showed up with a film crew yeah, right. she, well, it, it, I, it was all a publicity stunt yeah Elizabeth. he didn't want to play and here i was i said i didn't want to talk about uh, football <laughs> here i am talking about football what can i even i'm talking say? about Kaepernick. i will say this that uh did I hear that Duke is number one now in, in college basketball? I wouldn't be surprised if they aren't. I saw that Kentucky fell to number nine. Yeah, because they lost to Evansville yeah, last man. week. Evansville is one of those teams you've got to be very careful of. And then they got beat by a you know, guy that was coaching Evansville, used to play for Kentucky when they won national championship. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, I was checking out the... Uh, the the uh, the top four teams uh, for the uh, playoffs going into uh, you know for the uh, national championship and I still don't understand it but Arkansas wasn't in the top four. But ASU is playing another bowl game this yeah. year nine years in a row. Yeah. Arkansas can't even win a game. Well, they can win a game. They won two, but they can't win an SEC game. 
heard the story about Tua today. It sounds very positive. Yeah. Doesn't sound like his career is over. Doesn't sound like he had a Bo Jackson type injury, Ooh. which is really, really good news. I, I want that kid to be able to come back next year now and win the Heisman. Well, the thing is, he convinced Nick Saban to put him back in whenever. Oh, yeah, up. you can see him. Yeah. You can see him talking to Nick Saban about it. He gave in. I don't think Saban will ever give back in again. No. I don't think he'll ever do that again. And let somebody, let some other player uh, go ahead and finish up that two-minute, basically two-minute warning type thing that they were running at the end of the game. What's so weird about it, you watch that tackle, Atua, it doesn't look that big. Well, see, I, mean, I haven't even seen the play yet. No, you didn't see the no, play? No, I just heard about the news and everything. Yeah, it was two, you know, two uh, Mississippi players tackled him, but it did not look... You know that uh, that's serious, right? You know, and he, and when when they rolled off of him, you could see he was hurt. He had a bloody nose. You could see that, and then you saw when they tried to help him up. He was he was just trying to trying to get up and couldn't couldn't put any weight on his uh, leg. So we'll have to see how it all goes. They, the 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 orthodontic people said he did good. Orthodontic, and I just well, yeah, I'm looking at it right orthopedic now. Orthopedic people, <laughs> the they're not doctors. working on his mouth; they were working on his hip. All right, but I did get worried when I heard that he had had that break in the posterior as well. That sounded a lot like Bo Derrick, and uh, but when Bo Derrick got hurt, it looked bad when he got hurt. I mean, when he went down, the way his leg twisted and everything, it looked nasty. But uh, this didn't look that way. But it's just good news on yeah, tour. Yeah, when you think of injuries, I think of Kevin Rare from about five years ago for Louisville when he hurt in the. It was in against Duke in the um, NCAA tournament when he slipped on the. And he was on the sideline when he slipped on that. I guess it was water on the yeah. floor, on the court or whatever. When he slipped and broke his leg like oh, that, it was nasty. Ugh. Yeah, it was nasty. You know, it wasn't a Joe Theismann type injury. You remember when Theismann broke yeah. his leg? Yeah. It wasn't that kind of an injury. I mean, it did. It did the tackle didn't look that tough. But, man, it did, he must have just landed the wrong way. Yeah, because I just watched it. Did you hear Did you hear what he had, had done for the high ankle sprain two weeks prior? Nah. You didn't hear about that? They they drilled holes between in his tibula and uh, what's the other big bone in the leg? Femur. And if, yeah, it was like that, and then the, they tied ligaments somehow so man. that he Say could, what? Yeah, and he played two weeks later, man. He sure did, yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So anyway, it's pretty amazing what they can do in, in football now and fixing you up and everything. Just so you, just so you know, Tua's going to come back next year. They said uh, he, will, he will recover one hundred percent. That's that's the word. I'm surprised he won't just go to the NFL because he's a junior. He, he may not want to. He may have to come back now and prove himself yeah. so that he can get up there in that high draft pick again. You know they're going to question. Yeah. You know they're going to question. So what the big? What's the big? Hey, so what? All right. I still think he's better than that that kid from LSU. Burrow. Yeah. Well, he's played longer for sure. And he's proven himself over time. I think Burrow, you know, this he, he played well last year, 
this year he's played even I mean just he's played at the highest mid level this year. But again, you know, compared to Tua, Tua has played longer and has proven himself over a longer period of time. Luckily, I just that, that, that coffee was really hot. It was really hot. hot. It was really McDonald's. hot and didn't <laughs> didn't uh, didn't burn the inside of my mouth. I'm, I'm really oh. lucky on that. All right, fourteen after two. Okay, I understand because uh, I've kind of been out of it. You know, they they had me on, on these antibiotics now, and they make me real loopy at times. Now I'm past that part of it. Now I feel I feel a lot better. Uh, and just so you'll know, Elizabeth, I am not contagious. <laughs> I'm not. I was I just talking. That. I was just talking. I, I was just talking to my doc today because my wife wouldn't believe what I was telling her about MRSA, and that's what I have in my bloodstream right now. That's MRSA, folks. That's yeah. that really nasty blood yeah, infection. Disease. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, they're they're treating me. That's what this is. All right, for everybody who's watching on Facebook, I've got a line, and it's pumping in, and you know, the, the, the six million dollar man here, got the that. bionic guy. And then they got this thing that's called a uh, a wound vac, and that's what this is. And it's hooked to another machine down at my other my right foot. Now, from what the doc said today, Doc Driscoll, may, may I say, I cannot say enough good things about her. Your wound doctor? Yes, mm-hmm. she is. You know, I've had her on my show in the past. I'm going to have her back on here in the future. She's an amazing woman. She's an amazing doctor. And uh, she looked at the wound today. And they had been able to take a Q-tip. I don't want to freak you out here. But they were able to take a, a Q-tip and put it into a hole in the bottom of my foot, on the ball of my foot, about two and a half inches deep. Oh, Dave. All right. And, uh, of mm-hmm. course, when the doctor did his surgery, they cut a lot of that out. So a lot of that's already healed back up now. And it's because of this wound vac thing. It sucks up all the bad stuff and gets it out of your out of your uh your keeps wound. it from staying in your system yeah it's 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 pretty cool hopefully in about two more weeks i'll be walking around without that thing on my foot that would this be a is nice all thing. from walking barefoot on your deck yeah that's what happened yep. it go, it's going back to september one close my mind yeah I, I burned my bottom of my foot and uh, uh to this After day that? i don't understand how i did it because i i ran across the deck it's not like i just moseyed across well I, I'm going to fuss just a little bit. Yeah. You go barefoot a lot? No. Yeah. So your feet are tender anyway. You're diabetic. Your feet are tender. Yeah. You didn't have any business walking out on that so dick, So what's going to happen is that <laughs> I will never again walk without my shoes on. Thank you. On my deck. Thank you. That's, a, that's just the way it will that's be. That's the way to fix that. Flip-flops, yeah, that's okay? Exactly. No, flip-flops I won't even be sandals flip-flops. or something. I hate out there be my, my Nikes. I'll say anything. Yeah, I'll be wear, put my Nikes on. You can wear on, clogs. You know, and do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything anything that will protect my feet let me just say to my my friends out there who have type 2 diabetes or type 1 diabetes don't, don't around. screw around with a, a mess you know a, a sore on your foot we we worked under a doctor's supervision trying to get it healed mm-hmm. and it just wasn't healing and i went and saw dr driscoll uh they started me on antibiotics they made me sick and so she took me off of them on a Saturday. I was back to see her Monday, and the uh, the site had just exploded. 
and it was all infected. And that's when the doc looked at me and says, you're going into the hospital right now. So the MRSA was there, yeah. and the antibiotics were her. holding it down. And I looked at her, and I said, what do you mean I'm going? I feel fine. I she feel says, fine. you won't in two days. Mm-hmm. And she says, you're going into the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that's where I've been. I'm out now. I took three days off last week just for Linda and my daughter and myself to get used to some of the kind of the new normal for Dave Ellswick right now. You have a lot of accoutrement to keep up with now. Yeah, I had to, you know, we had to learn how to do this whole thing with the antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, we got all that taken care of. Linda's become quite the nurse. She should be an RN. At least they didn't have to keep you in the hospital because you could not do that at home. You can do that at home. That's a good thing. came home. I'm going to have some people on in the near future, and I am going to bitch about some of the stuff they have about home health care yeah it is to say the least abysmal mm-hmm. and i'm going to i'm going to talk about that and there's no there's no regulation about it right and that needs to change and there was a Big lot time. of uh, commotion surrounding home health care as i recall in the last year or so here in arkansas yeah mm-hmm. there's something that's got to change and uh, so it's a situation dr terry yamauchi is coming on and some other people real the, the real big guns are coming on, and we're going to kind of just lay it out for you to hear. And I want you to be as, as safe as, as I have been and, and get as well as I have gotten. Just know this, that if, if you're a diabetic, you have any problem with your feet, go see your family physician, number one. Number two, if there's any problem they don't understand, get to the wound center over on, was it Summerhill? Over North there. Little Rock Bab- yeah. Baptist, North Little Rock. Yeah, great place. They call it Baby Baptist. Yep. Because it's smaller than Big Baptist. That's where they have the uh, hyperbaric oxygen chamber, and that sort of thing. That's they what put I you do in there too, every morning. Mm-hmm. I do that every morning. I'm in a hyperbaric chamber for two hours. And that's probably part of what's got you feeling so good. And it's they probably say, what's got going, making it heal so fast. Oh, definitely and, helping it heal. But they yeah. say, you know, this was a fad for a while. I hadn't read about it recently, but in Here's Japan for sure. Here's what I told them. I'm going to tell you what I told them. I said I would get into that chamber as long as I did not come out looking like Michael Jackson. I was You're thinking so about funny. Steve Urkel and Family Matters. That's what I was thinking <laughs> of. And I said, if I come out with a sequin glove on, I am going to be really upset. I'm just saying I'd be really upset. Well, that's that's why that's part of why you're feeling so good, though. I mean, in Japan, do you remember they used to have, and I guess they still do oxygen bars oh, yeah. where you go in, kind of yeah, hook up, you kind of breathe oxygen because it's supposed to make you feel good. I dive every morning <sighs> for an hour and a half to forty-five pressurized forty-five feet down. That's what I do. Oh, is it? Is that how it works? Is it handled like when you're? You, they have to like step if you're you out. Bends, yeah, like to step that's you out. That's why they oh. they built that. You know, I didn't really Navy realize that's what it was. Built it. Is these, that's, that's what David It's the tells same thing they do there. when you – is that the same thing when you have the bins that they put you in? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize it was the same thing. I felt like I was in the middle of a sci-fi movie. There you go. I got to tell you, it really was like that. It's really amazing. Got to put a special helmet on or something? No, or? no, no helmets. You, you just lie there. That's yeah, all you do. Yeah, but it's a special and chamber. And you're like really, really bored unless – you do you like David. Well, you know, you can't take a book in it or anything like that. I can. I watch movies. I, was I bring can't. a movie from home and they play it. And I watch it through the chamber, and wow. they've got 
you know, I watched Dirty Harry today. Yeah, because I don't want anything. I haven't anything. watched Dirty Harry in a while. Last week I watched uh, uh, Civil War, first Civil War movie in the, the Avengers, you know, with the Captain America. Not too many movies you haven't seen. So. No, well, these are from my personal collection. And you're going to love what I watched on the first day I had to do the chamber, uh, Zach. I, I watched uh, Tombstone. That's one of my all-time favorite movies. You know? Well, Johnny, you look like death just walked over your grave. <laughs> I love that movie. I really, really liked it. I'm your Huckleberry. You know, Val Kilmer was awesome in that movie. I mean, he was freaking awesome. I mean, Kurt Russell was really good, and Sam Elliott was good, and Bill Paxton was good, and Michael Bean was good. But I'm just telling you, Kilmer was a killer in that movie in more ways than one. But he was really, really good in that, that motion picture. All right, let's get a, a break. 23 after. There is a big local story going on, I understand. Is that right? I think it's a big story. Well, I agree with you. I think it is. <laughs> it was on the front what, page of the Democrat Gazette just, yesterday. Just some of the stuff that I'm hearing a little bit of, uh, I, I think is a, it's a big story. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's Dave Ellswick. Yes, I'm back in the saddle again. Elizabeth is here as well. It's great to see her. She's got a big smile on her face. It's good to see her. No, we tried it last week. Yeah. We told everybody he's I got, back, but it didn't I work. I was standing in the hall. I know you were right outside the I door. I was ready to go. And uh, that's when I had the problem with the the wound vac, and they said, Mr. Ellswick, you must get in here now. Mechanical malfunction. That's right, because this could reinfect your... Uh, your and we your just place. got it cleaned and up. I'm not going to do that again. One time was enough. All right, Zach, take us to a break, then we'll come back and we'll do more. All right, Elizabeth is here. I'm back. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that you've joined us today. And to all the people who've been texting me saying it's great to hear you back in the saddle again, uh, I can only tell you I love my job. Elizabeth can tell you this. I love my job. And uh, it is very a good good thing to be sitting here today and, and doing the show. All right, so... What is this this story locally that was a big story on the front page of the paper yesterday? Well, it's the backstory behind Josh Mahoney, the former opponent of Senator Tom Cotton for the next election cycle. Okay. Um, apparently, <laughs> the Republican Party had done some opposition research on this fella, and uh, there's a lot of stuff there. And I guess somehow Mr. Mahoney got wind of it, and he pulled out... After the filing period was over last week, you knew that, he cited health concerns, family health concerns. Okay. Uh, He did not tell the Democrat Party before he sent his letter to the Secretary of State to pull out of the race. Was this guy like a state chairman at one point? He, I don't think he was a state chairman. He ran against Steve Womack in the last... Oh, it's that guy. That guy. That guy that never has a chance. Well, he certainly doesn't have a chance now. He's kind of buried himself, even if he didn't have all these problems facing him. Right. And if only because he did not tell the Democrat Party he was going to pull out before he did so. Of course, the Democrats are uh, spinning in circles trying to figure out a way to change the law and try to get a candidate back into that race. Uh, Tom Cotton has $4.2 million in his war chest. 
so he can wait and use that another time or he can donate it to other candidates now is it is it too late for the dems to put somebody it is else too in late by the law now what's happened that is, would have been like last tuesday wasn't well it? i'm not sure when the deadline is but here it says you know under arkansas code 77106 a party can replace a candidate running unopposed in a preferential primary who dies or who notifies the party that he or she will not accept the nomination due to a serious illness so the republicans are saying if he shows up wants to talk about illness we're going to be going to court we want to hear from something other than a doctor's note all right keep that in your mind we'll come back with more after the news all right so we're talking about mahoney here and evidently there's a lot of questions going on it now i think you mentioned to me during a previous break elizabeth that the state gop is not going to pursue criminal charges um the way i'm understanding it is that immediately after this occurred when the republicans kind of became public about their oppo research they said we're going to file you know fec complaints and then what i understand is that when he withdrew they've now said they will not now, that's I don't question, know if I understand. In my own mind, that's questionable. I don't know if I understand, and I haven't been if able to If you know that somebody was literally cheating, all right? I mean cheating. All you got to do is go over what you were just talking about. Well, there's paperwork, yeah. Yeah, to prove to that prove. what this guy has been doing, he's been cheating. So, secondly, why is the Democrat Party not doing something? <laughs> I'm sure they'd rather just hide and go in the corner I mean, and try to no, pretend seriously. like they don't know. I mean, is, wouldn't it be better for them to step forward and say, you know, we wash our hands of this guy? Well, it might be, except I mean, I'm sure they're very well aware they're under heavy scrutiny for other campaign problems Some with money. financing having yeah. to do with the party. So they might not want any more attention directed to that particular topic. Yeah, how much more is going on in that party that people <sighs> don't know about? You know, there's got to be more than what you see. There always is. So that's going to be interesting. See if I can't get Doyle on. Um, I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll send a, a phone number to you, Zach. Maybe Doyle will come on and talk a little bit about it. Well, it's it, like you say. I don't. It, there's cheating going on. Um, the Republican Party is quoted. Now in the wait. Paper, the Democrats always say there's no cheating. Not a smidgen. At all. Not a smidgen. There's no cheating going on. Well, they say that Mr. Mahoney has some state taxes, uh, liens, that have not been paid. Uh, His financial paperwork talks about him being a uh, small business owner employed by a certain company, EAM, LLC. Talks about being... (laughs) He talks about being an employee, a natural resources executive... Except for the fact that they have him on a video when he was campaigning talking about how he was a kept man, that he wasn't working. A kept man? He, he made jokes because his wife is a uh, Walmart vice president. Oh. And an activist asked him how he made his living, and he said, I'm a full-time candidate. And that's good, this quote. Right now it's good. My wife um, works very hard and is uh, keeps me from growing, going broke, I suppose. He said on camera... I'm a kept man. How about that? Let's call it that way. But his paperwork says he's employed. So there's another issue. He's got some some real problems. Uh, Says the party, the Republican Party, has accused him of willfully making false statements to a federal agency. 
But now he's pulled out of the race and said he's got health issues. No one has a clue what the health issues are. No one has any inkling what it might be. But the newspaper does quote Doyle as saying, you know, if he's going to talk about this and we're going to have to talk about a serious illness, then we're going to go to court and we're going to have to hear from the doctor and other people because we're not sure if we really follow all that. all this? Yeah, the guy's had a line of bull a mile long already. You know, you don't want to go out there and say, yeah, we'll take you at your word. Here's the good one. You know, John Michael Gray, who, of course, has been under a lot of heavy scrutiny for all these other financial issues going on with the Democrat Party, says the Democrat Party of Arkansas is not trying to illegally put someone on the ballot with their struggling since last week trying to figure out a way around the fact that he pulled out after the filing was closed and he didn't tell the party. They were just trying to get our hands around all the facts before we draw our conclusions. <laughs> well, I mean, you know how this is within the within both parties. When something happens and it looks bad for the party, let's just be real quiet about it, not tell anybody. We won't talk about it. Yeah. It'll just go away. Yeah. And nobody will remember later. Well, so. and, and to be honest with you if, you, if you don't talk about it, you don't draw attention to it, there's a good possibility eight, ten, a year down the road, people won't remember anything about it. The way it. the news cycle runs today, that certainly works. Because there's so much coming out all the time. All right, we're we're uh, we're sitting at about uh, 20 minutes till uh, 3 o'clock. And, Elizabeth, there's a story that is out right now, and I don't even know why this is a story or why people would try to make this into a story, but they're doing it anyway. Uh, it's out on the Drudge Report. It says, uh, let me get back here to the top. Oh, we got news about the Drudge Report, too. No, what do you got about Drudge? You're a fan of Dan Bongino, right? Yeah, I like Dan. You listen to his podcast? Uh, that, you not, know, he does a podcast. DanBongino.com, for those folks who want to know. Well, he said on his podcast over the weekend it was a big bombshell. He says, I've had enough with the Drudge Report. They are going left. I don't like it. I am going to start another news aggregator service in competition with Drudge. It's going to be conservative. Really? Dan Bongino can pull it off. He's got, you know, the chops. He's got probably access to the money, and he certainly has access to the right people. I'm pretty excited. I think it's – I've been waiting. Somebody needs to do this. Somebody needs to – some conservatives need to get out there in the news space and start doing yeah. something to counter all this – onslaught huge onslaught of slanted fake news against our president and others who are trying to make america great again so so what do you think here uh pelosi wants the president to come in for the uh the the committee she's pulling a stunt number one and to uh of course talk to them yeah right mm-hmm. and uh and say what's what really happened and i'm thinking you know you'd have to be certifiable if you agreed to that i heard on the news that he was considering written testimony and still it's it's I, it's crazy i i was gonna say i think number one she's pulling a stunt number two i i do believe the more participation from the Republicans, the more legitimacy this whole thing seems to have. And it is not at all legitimate. It's a one-sided <laughs> witch hunt. It's one-sided. Did you even see any coverage last week? No, there's, really. a, there's a New York congresswoman. Um, the moment her name escapes me. She, Adam Schiff basically shut her down several times 
in the just no you cannot speak no 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 you know that if it was a republican saying that and she even said i'm sorry at one point it was devin nunes who said excuse me you're trying to shut down a sitting member of congress elected by her constituents and he was like no you cannot speak so it is a circus beyond belief everything that you know these top republicans are saying about it i just don't I don't. It's I don't very, want to. I don't want to see him do testimony. As we as we were talking during the break, it is very very obvious that the mainstream media, and by mainstream, I'm talking about ABC, NBC, CBS. That's your mainstream media, the big three. You know, on a evening newscast, they have more viewers than most of the. Uh, newscasts that are on cable news do in the course of a month in one night that's why they still carry so much uh you know they carry such a big stick and and they're out there only presenting one side of this story it's not even that dave you know when you only present one side of the story that's one thing all you're doing is omitting the other side but they are slanting what they do talk about with the words that they're using and the way that they're covering the side that they're talking about i mean it's just out of control unbelievable that's why i was excited about dan Dan bongino i'm like hey we got to counter this somehow yeah i I, and i don't understand why matt drudge suddenly now why you know he's leaning towards the left i would like to know what's going on there apparently no one's been able to find out from him directly and there's the speculation you know he's gone for clickbait only Uh Uh, i was telling zach what i've noticed in reading drudge and i don't read it nearly as religiously as i used to um it's the stories he is selecting to put on his page and it's also the way he's writing his headlines i've caught him in two or three i'll call them misleading headlines you know, he's trying to make you click on that story, and it sounds really strong, and you get into the story, and it's just, there's just, it's a nothing burger. There's nothing there. Well, let's talk about pressure builds on Trump to testify. No. Who's okay. pressuring him? Yeah, yeah. This is from AP News. Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi invited President Donald Trump to testify in front of investigators in the House impeachment inquiry ahead of a week that will see several key witnesses appear publicly. Key witnesses, as in key, according to the Democrats. That that see, that's the first thing you gotta you gotta see this as. It's it's Devin Nunes who keeps congratulating these folks on passing the vetting that went on in the secret down below chambers the first time they testified in front of just the Democrats and the select few, and they passed their their little test. So now they're allowed to get out in public and and have their say. Yeah, it says pushing back against accusations from the Republican president that the process has been stacked against him. Pelosi said the president is welcome to appear or answer questions in writing if he chooses. Quote, if he has information that is exculpatory, that means X taking away culpable blame, then we look forward to seeing it. I Uh love that. I've got to be I've got to be schooled Uh by the her about what We've got to be taught what exculpatory means. She said in an interview that aired Sunday on CBS's Face the Nation, Trump could come right before the committee and talk straight all the truth that he wants if he wants, she said. Now, 
I I'm I I didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday. I mean, I wasn't bo- I was born, but not yesterday, as the old saying goes. And uh, you know, Pelosi must. She thinks that you that are listening to the show right now are stupid. Worse than that. Well, why not? Well, if if he has nothing to hide, then he should come. <laughs> Have you ever seen what happens in front of a star chamber like that? We're seeing it right now on television. Yeah, a lot of it. If you care to watch it, and it, it. looks so stupid too. I mean, if of course I did not see uh, this on the mainstream media, but when, I I can't think of the uh, the I think the uh, the congressman from Utah when the lady that was the ambassador to the Ukraine was uh, talking last week, and he asked her basically three questions said are you aware of the president taking any bribes she said no are you aware of the president uh you know lying uh no are you and i mean it was three straight on questions she answered no to which if she had answered yes to any of them and had the information would have sunk the president right there she didn't have it because it's not there None of the witnesses, quote-unquote witnesses, that they had in front of them last week had any firsthand knowledge, as we all know now. That was uh, Republican Congressman Chris Stewart of Utah. Yeah, it says here the, uh, what Trump said today. He, he might be willing to offer written testimony. Uh, quote, she also said I could do it in writing even though I did nothing uh, wrong. Don't like giving credibility to this no-due-process hoax. I like the idea and will, in order to get Congress focused again, strongly consider it. Senate Democratic leader uh, little Chucky Schumer said Trump uh, should come to the committee and testify under oath, and he should allow all those around him to come to the committee and testify under oath. (laughs) He said the White House's insistence on blocking witnesses from cooperating begs the question, quote, what is he hiding? Yeah, maybe he's not hiding anything. Maybe we all know you guys are going to twist it and make it look like something that it is not. Well, and you have people like John Bolton, who is no longer an employee of you know our government, who is not choosing to respond, but it is not because Trump told him not to. No. He no. said, I'm not going to participate in I this like game. It. It's a joke, he said. Yeah, I'm not going to play this game. And it is. It's a joke. It is more than a joke. And, it's going to be and, and, very serious. Yeah, and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make a prediction for you. If they go through with this impeachment, which I expect that they will, oh, they will, which they will lose in the Senate, which I know they will lose hugely. But here's the key. All right, within another eight to twelve years, there'll be another impeachment. Just like what we're seeing right now, trying to throw a, a, a wrench into some president's way of doing what they want to do. That yeah, time. it'll be a Democrat the next time. Yep. This is this is turning into something very very serious constitutionally. This is hacking away at the pillars of the founders plan for our nation of course a lot of you millennials don't really give a crap because you don't even understand the constitution in the first place they haven't been taught Mm -mm. you know i mean i'm sorry if i sound harsh to you but it's a truth it's a god honest truth i mean all i got to do is look at how many of you 
are behind Bernie and behind uh, Elizabeth. That tells me a lot, a whole lot. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we're looking at about uh, 10 minutes till uh, to the top of the hour. Let's get a break in, final break for this hour. we got more to talk about about this. I mean, seriously, if you are spending any time watching this, listening to this, paying attention to this, you know what a farce it really is. Dave Ellswick Show, a quick break, and then more with Elizabeth here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back for the last final uh, segments here of uh, this hour. Next hour, uh, Elizabeth and I are going to talk about some questions that run through our minds from time to time and how everybody thinks that our electoral process, our ability when people go to the polls is is protected so well. And I'm just telling you, there's some things that have happened in just the last few weeks uh, that make me question all of that. There's a lot to be talked about. I mean, yeah, you can talk about, well, I'll just tell you, we'll talk about, it's a, it's a, it's a question about two states, Kentucky and Louisiana. Let me ask you a question, Zach. In both of those states, the Republicans lost the gubernatorial race by millimeters, very, very close. But every other race in the state of those those ones went Republican with huge, huge numbers. How is that possible? Does it make any sense? It makes no sense whatsoever mm-hmm. unless someone's playing fast and loose with votes. 175,000 of them in, in Kentucky. Okay. I mean, we can talk about that in a minute. You know, how's that going? You know, how's that happening? Because. Look, I'll just have Elizabeth look this up before we get into the next hour. We'll look at how close the gubernatorial race was and then look at all the other races. Now, here's what I think. If if, if you're going to vote for the Democrat, you're probably going to vote down the ticket for the Democrat. Right. All right. The way it looks right now, they voted for the Democrat only in the gubernatorial race and anybody else that was running and it was a Republican won and not won by small margins but by large margins and by large margins I'm thinking 7% or bigger that's a lot of votes so basically you got the entire coaching staff except for the head coach yeah yeah what's going on Mm -hmm. with this I mean there's there's enough there to make me wonder yeah the same thing in Louisiana. The exact same thing happened there. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Kentucky, and they were able to actually uh, get a supermajority. Republicans gained a supermajority in that state legislature. But yet, the gubernatorial candidate that was the Republican yeah. lost by, what was it, 5,000 votes? Yeah, it's... On it's a, a million, million vote yeah, race or something. An, I mean, it's, it's an, crazy. It's crazy. I'm just saying, there's a lot... Of, and you can say, Dave, this is not like you, you know. Well, yeah, it's not like me because I've not seen anything like it in the past. You know, 
one state maybe, all right? But two states in a row, I don't buy it. It may not be like you, but it is like me and yeah. that I am a conspiracist. And yeah, I do I'm, believe I'm there's really massive not. And you know me well fraud. enough that I'm not a huge No, but I believe there is massive voter fraud, and I believe – it was in New York. I can't find it at the moment. There was a woman up there that was charged. She was an election official, and she was taking absentee ballots and just changing them, turning them in, changing them, turning in. She did it multiple times. And that's only one incident. There's been numerous Yeah, what ones. happens to these people? There's, you know, Apparently there's, not much. There's serious, serious repercussions for voter fraud if they want to pursue it. Unless you're a Democrat who's doing it. And so uh, that's not been the case as well. All right, we've got two minutes to get to the top of the hour. Let's do that. We're going to come back and talk more about this. Uh, 8230965 is the number here for the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to be back in the saddle again. Uh, good to get another hour in. Like sitting here and talking to you, panificating a little bit. You missed it. Thinking about what's going on, talking about what's going on. Elizabeth will be back. Uh, Robert uh, Steinbach will come back uh, and join us sometime later in the 3 o'clock hour. You can be a, know that he's on his way. And we'd like you to be part of the show today as well, A two three zero nine six five. Let's talk seriously about some of the stuff. Some of the stuff just doesn't sit well. I'd like to me. know how many people are actually really watching all this coverage and who's really interested and who's just kind of – I've gotten where I'm just like, yeah, okay. Mm. Well, I know who's watching the me. coverage. It's – Basically, people watching Fox. <laughs> uh, it's been all over last oh, week on been, Monday or Tuesday. I tried to turn it. it off, and I couldn't. I couldn't turn it off. No, no I'm matter just where saying. I put that TV. Fox, as far as viewership, is blowing everybody out of the water. So that should tell you something. That's true. Right Their there. ratings have gone up. You keep in, keep in, uh, keep that in mind. All right, break. News is coming up. Got five minutes of news to bring you up to date on what's going on. All of that and more, and then another hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Jim wants to join us. Evidently, something that Elizabeth and I said in the end of last hour resonated with him a little bit. And, uh, Jim, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Oh, man, it's great to talk to you. Um, I always get around. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk to Elizabeth. She pointed out this deal in New York about the voter fraud and stuff like that. Yeah. So, Back in the uh, Reagan uh, election, and then uh, we elected a Republican governor for the state of uh, Tennessee, uh, Sunquist, and then uh, another governor at another time after that, a uh, uh, guy that ran against Marsha Blackburn, uh, uh, that uh, he owns a health care 
facility. He used to, he was governor, but they had him, they put him up against our senators Correct. term. But uh, um, during that time, back in those eight days, they had two areas in North Memphis, uh, right there off of Chelsea Avenue and a good chunk of Jackson Avenue. The uh, precincts during the primaries were getting well within 100,000 uh, votes and people, persons casting votes. Problem was, there wasn't fifty thousand people registered to vote in those districts. Yeah, and they were they were doing it they were doing it for years until they finally the one on the one on Chelsea Avenue was the, was was the most egregious. It was almost it was almost three hundred thousand people voted in that in that district. Wow. Precinct. Yeah, and, and and they they just finally they finally closed them down. They found that they found that half the people were uh, dead. And where was it they actually shut them down successfully? <laughs> uh, yeah. It was Memphis, Tennessee uh, voter election uh, oh. uh, thing. You know, they they literally they, they literally shut them down because because of having so many extra people voting that weren't even registered in that um, precinct. They're finding this out all over the country. Um, it, it, it's rampant. I just you know Trump was talking about that. And, you know, when he was running back in uh, the first time he ran. Yeah, or, back in know, 2016. Did, no, before then, the one the election before that, uh, he was talking about running then. And, you know, uh, this this deal with Trump being president has been, been going on for almost 16 years. It, it, 2016 it wasn't the start of it. That that was the that's when he won. But he he was talking about running. Uh, eight years before that, and did, did the exploratory committee and everything, and, mm-hmm. you know. But everybody laughed him off as a joke, you know, back in that at that time. And he, but he, the biggest thing that he was talking about uh, back then was voter fraud, and he would get to the bottom of the voter fraud because it, it it's it's rampant. It's still with not having an ID in order to get in order to vote is i mean you have to have an identification to die <laughs> it's Literally, the truth it's have, the truth you have to you have to have identification to die you know i mean you can't you know, even though you die they figure they finally figure out they, you know they eventually figure out who you are and, and identify you you know it, it it's rare I mean, there's Jane Doe's and, uh, and John Doe's that go that get buried all the time, but you know, but but they eventually find out who most of the people are. Well, I'm going to tell you what I grew up in a part of this country where voter fraud was a well-known entity. I grew up outside of Chicago. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I know exactly where Gary, Indiana is. Uh, I spent a, I spent a lifetime in the flying J up there. Okay, and bottom bot, bottom truck. line, you know, the old saying, you know, vote early, vote often, is is very oh. very true in Chicago. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I'll tell you, I, I, I vote absentee. I vote early. I vote twice on Sunday, three times on Monday. Yeah, and three and four <laughs> times after you died. Yeah, absolutely. At least 10. Yeah. And there's data out there that says... Just tell you, it's, it, it was really terrible, and thanks for your call. 
yeah, there's data out there from, and I can't seem to put my fingers on any of the actual facts at the moment. I've seen these things. There's data out there from all over the country. The one I'm thinking of is in California. Eleven counties in California have more registered voters than they have eligible voters. I mean, come on. You've got to know that something's wrong. What I do not understand is why we know all of this, yet it keeps going on and nothing's really seeming. Yes, I know that Trump is supposedly acting on it. I haven't heard any details. Homeland Security, they've been talking since Russia interfering in our elections that, you know, we're going to harden our, our voting yeah, system. But, but I don't know what anybody's doing about what, it. Elizabeth, I think the president got in there and he said, we got a real mess. But then he got in there. I mean, really got in and mm-hmm. saw it and found out that he was up to his nose in the swamp. I mean, yeah. up to his I don't nose see how he can it. get through the day and get anything done with all the stuff that's being thrown there, at him. There, that's, it, I don't mean to hijack the conversation yeah, in a different direction. But I just, I, you know, I just how think he can get anything done. There's so much corruption. Oh, it's massive and it's way more. And he's because the there's first so one. much money. There's so much money. That's right. You think about what was it last year? We brought in over two trillion dollars in taxes. Yes, this country. And you that know, makes, if you if you get only a quarter of a percent you're rich for the rest of your life well i've seen this on twitter a bunch of times i have to say i agree we don't want to see trump's tax returns we want to see the tax returns of the people in congress who started out with nothing and after four years they're millionaires no that's because i want to see a financial report on them every year insider trading of course forever of course and they've never put a stop to it and they're not going to put a stop to it because it's the way that they uh the way they make money. Okay, I mean, now I'm going to jump up and do my thing I do. I jump up. Now, I'm going to jump up and take a big view. It's the same thing as Hunter Biden. Taxpayer money going into our coffers, getting sent out to Ukraine, flowing through the system, and guess who gets paid and how it comes right back into Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's family money. It's the players. Okay. It's all the players. Same thing. Same thing. Corruption everywhere. Can we call call them political ballers, Zach? Is that what we should call them? Political ballers? You know, they're professional. They're professional to the extent <laughs> like that the they know Globe. how to how to milk the cow their direction all the time. The Harlem Globetrotters. There you go. That's the basketball. I'm looking at Zach. Zach's just shaking his head. Yeah, you bought as well. Yes. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a bottom line. And, and let me go to prove my point. Okay, I've asked. I asked Elizabeth to look up some information during the break. She's so good at this. I am so lucky to have Elizabeth on my team. I really, 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 really am. And uh, by the way, we're going to go to CPAC come in February. If you're an advertiser, you want to be part of that trip, all you have to do is to call uh, Lynn Dyer here at the station, or you can call 8230965, get a hold of me at Dave at Salem LR, and say you're interested. You'll find that it's a very reasonable uh you know, way of getting involved and and getting some really great, uh, you know, coverage and and, uh, people hearing your name of your company. But uh, we're going to go to CPAC. That's the end of February. Uh, Right now, the team that's going looks to be Zach, who has to go because he's my producer, Elizabeth, who is my my brain, basically. And then, uh, you know, we're looking at Jan Morgan will be going with us. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, that's that's a, a, a great, great team. You're going to get some great coverage. I mean, great team. And uh, 
Uh, Karen Boyd probably will go as well, and she's going. Her her gig is going to be a simple one. She's going to have to go listen to all the speeches, and then come back on the air and talk about what was said. So that's like, not an like, easy job. Like she's she's not wanting to do that because all she would have to see is the president, the vice president, and all the rest of. The I'm going to help her with the president. Yeah, they'll all be they'll be they'll all be there. So I didn't get to go last year, but I. Uh, I was bound to determine this being an election year that we would be there because everybody who's anybody will be at CPAC coming up uh, in February. So here's the question. Late February. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do you think we're going to be with this impeachment circus by then? Uh, it'll be, it will it'll be, be over. It'll be over to the Senate. And if, and if uh, McConnell is any good at all. This that trial will not last but a moment. I'm wondering if it'll be over it'll, by it'll then. It'll be a it'll be a blink. I, I I will give a call. Let me see if I can't call our senior senator from Arkansas, Senator Bozeman. He knows uh, Senator McConnell well. We'll see if we can't get McConnell on the show. Who? See That'd if he great. won't come and talk to us because, I mean, my get my question is like Lindsey Graham, what he says. If you know it's nothing but a bunch of hokum. Why would you take the time to carry on a trial? This is why I don't they want can, to see Trump they can, they testify. Can, they can throw it all out. They can just toss it to the side and say, when they're taking, nothing here. When they're taking what anybody says and chopping and dicing the words and saying only the part they want the public to hear, it is a waste of time for anyone to try to go and tell anything truthful because once they it massage it, it's not going to matter. It won't matter. They'll, they'll, they'll say what they want to say no matter what he says. Uh, with that said, let me go back to Kentucky. Here was my question. In Kentucky, you had the gubernatorial race is is determined by under 5,000 votes. 4,600, I think it was. 4,658 to be exact. Okay, is, is what it was. But in every other race in the state, the GOP won in huge numbers. In fact, I think you said that they have a huge red state legislature now i gotta double check that one um i'm looking at a chart here that talks about some of the top races in kentucky and of course the governor's race he lost the republican lost by 4600 something votes the uh, attorney general's race the republican won by 221,000 plus votes okay and now something you got to consider that was a black Attorney yes, General. That's what I was going to say. Who is running under the GOP. And look, who'd never run before. Yeah, look, Brand new candidate. I have, I lived in Kentucky for many, many years. My mother was from Louisville, Kentucky. Both my brothers were born in Louisville, Kentucky. My grandfather lived in Louisville and then Paducah, Kentucky. I understand Kentucky politics. And it's been as blue as blue can be up until just the last few years. I mean, Rand Paul was the big... The big break there, all right? And then you had uh, Mitch McConnell, of course, and uh, I'm trying to think. Bunning was a, a Republican that won uh, in Kentucky. But then you look at these smaller races, though, and they've continued to be blue. And then all of a sudden, now the whole state is, like, rolling towards red, except the gubernatorial race. It. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I like to get Michael Wickline on or whatever and just talk politics with him sometime because I he'd, think— He'd remember that that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does not make sense. 
It doesn't if you, make if sense. If you're voting a straight party ticket, every other— It starts other... at the very top. Yes. That's where it starts. It starts at the very top. Say, in my mind's eye, I see an individual with the, you know, the shade over their eyes, and they got their little pencil in their hand, and they're looking at those votes, and they're marking stuff yeah, and throwing it in the other the box as the fast picture, as they can get it. The pencil. But um, go ahead and talk. Okay, so almost a quarter of a million votes in— well, and I was going to mention AG. that this, this black gentleman who, who ran for this office was a brand-new candidate. Okay. He wasn't known. You know, I mean, until the race, obviously. All right. Um, Secretary of State's race had the smallest margin of those top of those top um, offices, and, it, and the Republican won by about 64,000 votes. Okay. okay. That was the smallest margin, 64,000 votes. Versus 4,600. 10% of that. Okay, the governor lost by less than 10% of that difference. I mean, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. The auditor's race, the Republican won by 205,000 votes. Now, in most cases, too, let me check this. Yeah, in most cases, we're talking about we're talking about 1.3 million votes or something, over a million votes, and, and the governor lost by 4,600. Um, the auditor's was 205,000. The treasurer was one of the largest margins. The Republican won that office by 301,000 votes. Yeah, take a sniff. Yeah, you smell funny. something got cooked, Even the and commissioner, it wasn't the rock, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, they turned over. Yeah, Commissioner of Agriculture, 276,000. Now, I mean, I just cannot believe if the same that thing many, down in, If that many Democrats turned out to elect a Democrat to be governor, it only makes sense they'd run right down the ticket. Now, I don't know if Kentucky has the ability to vote straight R or straight D. I don't know if they have. I've been arguing for that point here in Arkansas for a long time so that I can just be done with it. You know, just walk in, hit R, and just vote Republican down down the way. Uh, a lot of people don't like that. I per- personally do. Indiana has that. It'd be nice if, if we had that, but I don't know if Kentucky has it. If they do, then it really starts reeking. Now, in Kentucky, the voter turnout was the highest they've ever had. Well, not ever had. Highest since 1995. It's a very long time. Um, it's during Bill Clinton. 42,000, sorry, 42% of the state's registered voters voted last week. That is a huge turnout overall. What I was looking for was the breakdown between Republican and Democrat. I'm not finding it at the moment. Um, there's just something wrong. But they did They did uh, secure the supermajority in Kentucky, okay. the Republicans. The Repu- so they, they did so a sweep. So think about this, they did a sweep. I want you to think about this. They swept, it sounds like to me, all their constitutional offices. They swept the House. They swept the Senate. But by 4,600 votes, they lost the governor's office. Something doesn't add up correctly. I'm just telling you. it's unfortunate because Mayor, well, not Mayor, Mr. Bevan did not pursue an audit. He backed away. And and that's kind of interesting as well, unless you've got to pay for it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how As far as that's concerned. But... We're going to look. I want her to look here. I want her to look, uh, and her being Elizabeth, to find out if you can vote straight party ticket. We'll look and see if Kentucky allows you to do that. 
We'll come back. We'll talk more. It's just I just got questions about this. I really do. And I bet you you find the same thing down in Louisiana. It's uh, 323 on a Monday on the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Okay, so what we found out that there's going to be seven states have straight ticket voting in 2020. Indiana already has it, all right? Alabama was another state. Kentucky is 2020. We don't know about 2019. Elizabeth's running through their uh, all of their information right now to see if they have straight party line voting or not. What that means is simple this. You'd walk into uh, you know the voting booth, and instead of having to go race by race by race and say, yeah, I'll vote for this person, and yeah, I'll vote for that person, you can just hit R or D, and you vote for the Democrats or you vote for the Republicans. Uh, it said that in 2020 here in Arkansas we'll have that evidently next year uh, for the uh, – the election, which uh, I think will, you know, prove to be very, very good uh, for the state Republican Party with Trump at the head of the ticket, because I I believe we're still going to see, you know, in the low 60 percent vote for Trump for president. And if people do that, we'll see how how it goes. Okay, Elizabeth, bing, 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 the answer for us. Yes. Kentucky had straight ticket voting. Now, now I will say. There was definite cheating going on in Kentucky. It makes no sense to win the gubernatorial race by 4,600 votes and lose every other race. Closest was 65,000, I think you said, and in, in, in a majority of them, it was well over 200,000 votes. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong there, and why the governor of Kentucky did not challenge this, I don't know. Wonder why the Arkansas GOP isn't going to file election complaints against the pulled Democrat candidate. It's a very interesting. It's this just that's really interesting. I I got to believe people who are like me and you you're you know I'm a nerd when it comes to comics and and sci-fi movies and all that. But I'm even a bigger nerd when it comes to politics. I'm a huge political nerd, big big time. And it, if you can vote a straight ticket, makes no sense to to that the Republicans lose the uh, the the gubernatorial race, but win every other race and pick up a supermajority in the House and the state Senate. There's something wrong there. I'm just telling you, there is something wrong there. And Mr. Bevin would have had to pay for a recount. That probably has a lot to do yep. with it then and it said here his campaign still had eight hundred forty six thousand on hand that probably so still not enough it, but all right gotta <laughs> take a break news and then we're back with more here on the dave ellswick show all right so i hope you follow my logic about that kentucky race if, we're on the same page if you and the I. governor loses the race by 4,600 votes, 4,600 and change. Yeah. And all the other Republicans win by 65,000 or more, most of them over 200,000, that the state legislature goes to a supermajority. That means they can pass whatever they want to. The Republicans have got it all tied down. Yeah, that's all tied up. All right. 
except except the governor's race and the uh, the governor loses his reelection bid by 4600 and change if you're a straight ticket voting state which is this is the case in Kentucky it only makes sense that all of those votes that you saw underneath the governor's race that was maybe let's just say 175,000 175,000 plus because of straight ticket voting suddenly evaporated for the governor's race which it couldn't have done I'd be interested to see the actual real stats from the Kentucky Election Commission on how many people actually pulled the single voting. And cover. I would really. I bet you, you can't find them. Uh, yeah, that, I bet you they're it not may available. Be, it may be tough, as well as I would want to look in some decidedly very strong blue counties in uh, Kentucky and find out if the turnout was extraordinarily huge then on top of that how many of those voters were straight ticket voters and i'm going to tell you in kentucky for years now uh for the most part it's it's straight ticket d it's been trying to break through it Uh it'd be trying to try to get somebody with an r in front of their name uh elected mayor of Little Rock. I'm just telling you, that's how blue it was. It's crazily blue. So uh, there's a lot. There's, As far as I'm concerned, hmm. that should be enough to solicit the feds to get involved and Here, start looking at Here's it. an interesting thing. Again, historical, but it says, oh, I just lost it again. Hang on. It says here, as far as straight ticket voting in Kentucky yes. is concerned... Ah, where did it go? I've lost it. I want to say, where did it go? 40% of the folks voted straight ticket there in 2015. Okay, so take that into consideration. Okay, so that's something else to think about. Yeah, 40% of voters used straight ticket option in 2015. So four out of every 10. Uh, you know that you know people who vote, vote often. So they voted yeah. again in 2019, a lot mm-hmm. of those voters. And if they voted straight ticket in 15... Again, oh, it's smelling worse and worse. Yeah, it does. And that needs to be some newspaper, the Courier Journal or somebody, the Lexington Herald or whatnot, need to take a very, very close look at this. Here's the thing. If we cannot count on the vote, on the people's vote, same thing with our president right now with impeachment. Half mm-hmm. the country voted for this person, and the Democrats have decided they don't like him, so they're yeah. going to remove him and invalidate your vote. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. We've got to know that our voting system is, you know, has integrity that we no, can count on it. This is exactly where it starts what Governor and it ends. Huckabee said we become a banana republic. Exactly. This is where it starts and ends. And I have a friend who was very into and, and stayed on top of this topic in Arkansas with the voting machines. And of course, now we're at the point where almost all our counties have more current, I won't say new, but more current voting machines. And her point is, this is where it starts and ends. If we can't count on this, all other bets are off. Well, you don't have any, any no confidence. Belief. No confidence, that's that's a better word, trust. in any part of your government if you cannot have the trust that your vote is counting. 
Well, and again, to me, this is so closely tied to what's going on in D.C. right now because we have a bunch of bureaucrats who've been in the State Department and other positions for many, many years. And because they've been there so long, they believe that they that should they direct run the foreign country. policy. Exactly. Yeah, they and they, they just run. don't like Trump. So instead of you know picking up facts out of this impeachment thing, it's, oh, I didn't like it. Oh, it's bad. I don't agree. It's not good. It's not the right way to do it. I'm sorry. None of that is impeachable at all. It's just you didn't like it. Well, guess what? I didn't like the last eight years that we were under a Democrat president. I didn't like the last I campaigned 12 for Republicans. <laughs> well, yeah, I campaigned for Republicans, and I worked to change it. That's our system. That's yep. why I've said, Dave, since the beginning, these people are not American. They do not believe in our systems. Mm. They don't want a bipartisan government, okay? They want it all their way, no, and they're going to have their way if we don't that. fight them back, and we better start fighting. And better start fighting back, uh, you know, hard. I mean, really. This is. Hard. I want to know what's going on in Arkansas with our voter. Uh, you know, Homeland Security is involved. Trump. Trump campaigned on voter integrity, and I know that Homeland Security is working on it, but no one seems to have. And I don't want to know the details because we don't want to give them away to the bad people. But I want to kind of know what they're doing. What are they doing? Yeah. Um, there's so many simple things that they can talk about. For example completely separating any of the voting from the internet and things like that so it stands alone so you can't have cyber crime Mm -hmm. those are simple things you can talk about that at a high level i want to know what our government is doing to protect our vote all right with that said we've been talking and alluding to uh the whole impeachment thing that's going on what we are seeing play out in front of us was considered over 200 years ago when the constitution was written and was it Madison? James that, Madison. That was concerned that something like this would happen. That, you know, I wish, you know, there's a lot of things that we wish the founding fathers had done. For instance, I wish they would have given us a really good list of what high crimes and misdemeanors were. You know, how do you know what? they were talking about that what were you know i haven't done enough historical research to be able to tell you what the founders thought would be a high crime and misdemeanor well at this point all you have to do is ask the democrats what their latest polling shows. <laughs> that's why they're now using the words bribery instead of quid pro quo because they polled it because people and that's what the people, people said to realize. call it yeah people didn't realize what that was by the way New ABC Ipso poll came out today. I, I want to laugh at it for just a moment. They they said that 51% of American people want to see the president removed. That's what they said. 65% of Republicans support the president. And Be but, very careful with your words. But here's the key. Here's the key of all of this. How many people did they go out and talk to? How many people were actually polled? Try 500 plus change. You're kidding me. Only 500 on that poll that's and all I, over and the I news today? And, yes, and I don't realize. Oh, come on. I don't know how the breakdown is Republican, Independent, Democrat. Do you know what it is? 506 general population go, adults, 18 and over. Let's see, conducted, uh, looks like maybe over the web. Going through it now. Conducted in both English and Spanish. Data was weighted to adjust for gender by age, race, education, census region, metropolitan status, 
household income and party identification. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Let's see. How many Dems? Ooh, uh, da, 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 digging through here. <laughs> well, it says Democrat, Republican, Independent, other or none. It doesn't say how many. See, margin of error, four plus eight percentage yeah, 5%, points. Yeah, five percent, number one. That's terrible. That's nuts. This is not a uh, yeah, so you're, dependable poll. Yeah, that's to say you should not. You should take it, this with a grain of salt. Not even with a grain of salt. It's not. It doesn't say what the breakdown is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would really like to. <clears throat> that's important. And there's a reason they don't say it. Probably. Yeah, because okay, you got to know this, they folks. You got to look more beyond Democrats what you find. than they did Republicans. Yeah, and that's they've consistent. You know, Fox has been caught doing that on some of their recent polls for sure. Yeah, for sure. In fact. Sean Hannity complained about this because the new polling company that Fox uses has been skewing very heavily Democrat. Does that surprise you? No. Doesn't surprise me a bit. But the key is, I just want to point this all out to you. You how many how many people cast ballots in the last presidential election? Do you remember how many I have it was? No idea. I can't think off the top of my head how many it was. It was well over a hundred million. Think about that. And they are going to predict all of this on 500-plus few people. Well, they're not really predicting. They're getting their gra- they're grabbing that headline and getting it out in the news yeah, cycle. Yeah, to click. Okay. To but click the along bo- with what they're the showing you on line TV. Is, don't listen to them. That's the thing. I don't listen to any of this kind of crap. Well, and not only that, but when you, like For the I just reasons did, when I you just look, pointed out, by the way. Yeah, and when you look something up, start to think about what you're not finding and what you're not seeing and why. Oh, by the way, let me say one other thing. Nate Silver's full of crap. <laughs> All right? He's a good example of it as well. I don't buy... He's been wrong more than he's been right, and everybody treats him like he's God. But they only talk about the times that he's right because yeah, the news is I know. skewed. I'm just saying. They make him like he's, you know, the, the end-all, the be-all, and he's not even part of the end all I have to think about is all the polling, all the polling we saw in 2016. It was terrible. It was terrible. And it She's going to win by terrible. 95%. Yeah, yeah right. Uh huh. I'm sorry. I don't and believe in polling the anymore. And then as the night went on, they're going, well, I don't know what's happening here. I mean, it's the truth. They, they were just stunned by what occurred right in front of their eyes. They couldn't figure it out. Don't expect me to read that. I cannot read it. Can't see that. I can't see that. So you, uh, you give me the information. One hundred and thirty-six million four hundred fifty-two thousand one hundred and fifty cast ballots. Cast ballots. One hundred and thirty-six million and a half. And they're going to predict the next the the whole thing about the impeachment on five hundred plus people. Well, here's a tip about polling: the larger the sample, the better off you are. Sure. And go and find out what the breakdown is if possible Always most of these polls the if you dig you can find i mean they're pretty much publicizing that when they put out the actual poll itself not the news article about it right. but the actual poll itself you can find out that information i mean i give i'll give gallup as much as i don't trust them i will give them credit that they break it all down for you now, even on this poll though and the reason i said a minute ago watch 70 something percent but only 51% of those people who were polled said that he should be removed. Moved. Yeah. Okay. Yes, what he did was wrong. I happen to think it's a little funny. It's a little weird. Not for the same reasons they think it's weird. I don't think it was but weird at all. But I don't think there's anything wrong with our president talking to another world leader about things they have in Corruption. common. And what, of course, 
I just read this today. I was unaware that there's a big movement to, on one side, prevent Trump from being upset about Ukraine because we believe that he's being fed a line of bull about Ukraine getting involved in our elections. I didn't know that was going on. So now the Democrats are not only saying, you're colluding with Ukraine, but we didn't want you to think about Ukraine because it seems to upset you because you're being fed a bunch of stuff that's not true about them involving themselves in our election. We know for a fact, we see it on video, that Joe Biden told them, you will not get a million dollars unless you fire the prosecutor. And he made it stick. Son of a bee. And and here's the key. He said the reason he told them that is because he was aware of the amount of corruption going on in the Ukrainian government. Yeah, and right. They Sounds that, good now. And they wanted that guy gone. Sounds good now. But the president says, the reason I asked these questions is because we're trying to figure out how much corruption was going on and can we figure out who were the driving force behind the whole Russian farcical uh, you know, thing that Mueller did. Uh, well, and when Zelensky, and everybody says, "Oh well, no, nah, you can't be serious about that." That's what it was all again, about. Again, that's coming from the other side. Anything you say or do, they're going to make fun of. But when Zelensky ran, you know, he was known as a comedian in that country. Yeah. And I remember reading when he first ran because I thought, "Oh, how odd!" And he ran on anti-corruption. He ran on anti-corruption. What did Trump run on? Anti-corruption. Why would not? Why would these two world leaders not have a conversation? about the same thing that they have in common that they both say they're fighting against. It makes no sense. And if you've been paying much attention at all, there's all kinds of stories out there now that are starting to leak out that a lot of the swamp people, for better terminology, questioned what the vice president was doing in the Ukraine with Hunter Biden. And now we get back to Ms. Yovanovitch. And now I'm wondering if this is not the Democratic Party trying to get rid of Joe Biden. You know they're trying to get rid of Joe Biden. He's the part of the party, the Democrat Party that's running that party is so far left. They cannot tolerate a moderate. They cannot tolerate a moderate. And they're the ones in control. All right. We're going to get our break in now. We've got to get a final break in. Uh, of course, Elizabeth will be with us as we move into the next hour. Robert Steinbach, legal professor from uh, UALR, Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone. I'll do that now before he even steps foot into the studio. We'll be joining us as well as we continue here. I'm back, the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's finish up this hour. We've got about uh, five and a half, six minutes here to talk. And we, we've covered a lot of of uh, territory today Uh, and i think something that sets this show apart from a lot of other shows is is that if we ask a question that sounds conspiratorial there is a serious reason that we ask it and i think i can go back when we're talking about the kentucky election uh, by looking at the figures and looking at a a straight ticket voting state where 40 percent over the last few years have voted straight ticket that you should never have uh, undercard uh, politicians uh, for another you know uh, for better in this case republicans 
winning their races by 100,000-plus votes while the governor loses at 4,600. And here's another reason I'm suspicious. It's always these races that are being publicized as being a harbinger of what's going to happen in 2020. Watch. And those are the ones that are coming out so close. Here's what I'm going to tell you is going to happen in 2020. Trump's going to get reelected. I think the Democrats think that they've got, they see some of these polling numbers of 500 and certain people, and they think that there's some validity to them. They think that they're on the right, uh, you know, highway. Until they do another them. poll. Yeah, and, and but you got to wait until you got the real election getting underway. The real election has not started. Well, and the other thing I'll say now, if you're out there and you're a Republican voter, you need to go vote. You've got to go vote, and you've got to take your friends and neighbors with you. Because let me tell you something. The Democrats are not taking it at home. They're yeah. not sitting home. They yeah, don't they're care. Energized. They're going to come out, and they're, they're energized, energized beyond belief. Yeah. We'll see We'll see what, what happens when it all comes down to push comes to shove. But I believe that uh, the president will be reelected overwhelmingly. Boy, I hope you're right. I really. I, I'd like to slap him like a heard, cat slaps. Bam! Yeah, slap him down. You've heard. You've heard me say this now for several months now, Elizabeth. I have not backed off of it, and I won't back off of it. The president will be reelected. Uh, you know, barring something quote damning uh, coming out, and I don't believe there's anything damning coming because I don't think anything he did was damning. I think if there were, we would have known about it a long time oh, ago agree. with They'd all the stuff that's out gone of there on. By now. Every single Democrat in the country is looking for it. We would have had it by now. I would think so. I, I we would, would have had I it would by think now. So. But I, I will say uh, to you who are tuning in today, you need to watch uh, on the Internet, on your favorite news sites, whether it's, you know, uh, Fox or CNN or... Uh, maybe it's uh, Breitbart or whoever <laughs> it might be. I said news site uh, that, that might have you know, fo- you know, have information. Watch for these articles about voting irregularities. Mm-hmm. It's important that you pay attention to that, and you need to be watching the local paper to see what we're seeing about things that are happening here in our own state that reminds me of something else i'll say to folks who are listening if you're wondering what you can do about this go out there and find your local election commission and volunteer you can be a poll worker you can be a poll watcher you can even be what's called a poll sheriff you can volunteer your time you can be personally involved in at least ensuring that those votes that you see cross your path that day are accurate and complete, and you can be part of the process. I know a lot of people who have started doing this over the last two or three election cycles, and they've learned an awful lot, and they've seen a lot of things. I've known several of my friends who've challenged and caught what I call little minor weird funny Good. things and said, hey, wait, no, uh-uh, this isn't allowed. That's the way you stop, stop it, it. Nip it in the bud. That's, That's the way it. you do it. All right. It's uh, two minutes to the top of the hour. Let's take a break. Robert Steinbach will be with us in the next uh, hour here on the dave ellswick show elizabeth will be back we've still got more to talk about because i will not be back till next week oh yeah you're done i'm done you've already had too much fun today mr ellswick i've had more fun than a, a a sick person is allowed but the bottom line is is that robert will be joining us here shortly we'll be talking about some of the exact same things i i've talked with elizabeth and you think i'm excited yeah really really important that we talk about it 
Uh, I think PI Roofing is going to be coming on at 5 o'clock. I heard Harding University is going to stop by as well. And uh, like I said, uh, Robert's coming up here in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. Elizabeth, thanks so much. Thanks for, for coming having me, in. Dave. I just realized it is. It's 4 o'clock. So glad you're back. to the uh, 4 o'clock hour. You who are uh, heading home, congratulations. You made it through a Monday. If you say, wow, that sounds like Dave Ellswick. Well, you're exactly right. I am back. And I'm back in the saddle again. Good to be here. Robert Steinbach is here. He is a, of course, legal professor at the Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of Bowen School of Law or UALR, although they should be. And uh, bottom line, uh, said is that he is part of the show today and good to have him in the studio good to have you back my friend oh it's my pleasure it's good to have you back well i you know i was telling people if people missed the very beginning of the show i was told uh just a few days ago that i was kind of close to the grim reaper what yeah was told that uh this this stuff that i got floating around inside of me that I'm if you watch on on Facebook I've got I've got an IV line flowing into me and that is an antibiotic to kill this MRSA stuff that's uh that's in my bloodstream and was told by my uh, wound doctor that if I'd been about 24 hours later coming in because this thing had looked so bad uh that I may have started to see major organ Stop. Stoppage. That's crazy. So, yeah, it really, really is. But uh, I've never, to be honest with everybody, I've never felt really bad. I felt good. If you got to pass away, the best way to pass away was, is feeling good. i got to believe that's <laughs> the way to go. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, to say the least. I was in, in the, uh, the hospital for almost a week. It was six days. Then they let me out. And uh, I got home, and I came here on Tuesday of last week to do the show. And uh, just before we were going, what was it, uh, Zach, about 10 minutes before the show was about ready to kick in? Yeah, not too long beforehand. Yeah, and I was ready to go and was told 
my my uh, what they call a wound vac had had stopped working. Now the problem with that is is if it's not working, it's allowing back into the wound the initial uh, bad stuff that w- that was there, and uh, they said get over here. You got to get here within two hours or. Uh, you know, we could go back to square one, basically. So I literally, what happened is I told everybody, it was on a Tuesday, uh, Carl Kimball was here. And I said, Carl, you're going to have to fill in for me, which he did. It's nice of him to do that. And uh, I headed over to the wound center over at Baby Baptist in North Little Rock and uh, got my, uh, my, uh, my wound vac fixed and, you know, was fine except that uh, they decided uh, there's a lot of different things they wanted me to do. Like we had to learn how to, you know, do the the IV for the antibiotics. My wife was really nervous about that because it's going into a PICC line. PICC line is a a way they put a a line directly into your your venous and and into your... uh, uh, I'm trying to think what's the other, not a vein, but the other thing, uh, artery. Uh, and it goes directly to your heart. So Linda was really nervous about it, and I understood that. And then uh, we had some other things that we had to do. So I talked with Russ, and I said, Russ, I think I'm just going to take three days of vacation and get things at home settled and and, and down and get Linda calm. And uh, it all worked out well, and I'm back here today. Don't expect that I won't that I uh, will miss any more days. Well, that's great I'm ex- news. I'm excited about it. That's great news. Right, so I wanted to get your uh, opinion of something. This is something Elizabeth and I were talking about in the last uh, two hours. We probably talked about it. How long did we talk about the Kentucky election, would you say? About an hour. About an hour, okay. And I think it's well worth the time to talk about. The former Bevins, I think is his name, governor of of uh, Kentucky was defeated by a Democrat by just a little over 4,600 votes. Now, that's possible, all right? But let me bring some more facts out. And let me just ask you, Robert, if, if you're smelling what the Democrats are cooking, so to speak. It's a straight ticket state. In other words, when you go to the polls, you can vote straight ticket. You can vote Democrat. You can vote Republican, and it casts the vote straight down the party line. Uh, or, if you want, you can split your ticket. But you can't do both. you got to do one or the other. 4,600 votes decided the gubernatorial election in Kentucky. All of the secondary races, what I always call the undercard, were just the closest one was 65,000 votes for a Republican. Most of them were nearly 200,000 votes or better for the Republicans. Something doesn't smell right to me. Because if you voted a straight ticket, that means you should have a whole lot more votes on the Democrat side as well. Oh, I forgot to add in. They now have a supermajority in the House and the Senate Republican. The way this played out tells me 
there's all there's some shenanigans going on in the state of Kentucky. Is there? I I didn't follow the election closely. Is there some reason that the the Republican candidate for governor was disliked? No, or, no, definitely not by the Republicans. Right. And if if every every other Republican, all the way down to land commissioner, won by uh, large won by, margins, you know, one hundred and seventy thousand votes or more, something doesn't smell right. That's unusual, at least. That's for sure. And and they didn't do a recount, and I found out, I asked uh, Elizabeth to look it up, who pays for the recount, and it would have been Bevins. He would have had to pay for it. Now, I don't know if uh, the Republican Party decided not to get involved in it or what. I just, And he's not been the favorite of the Republican Party. All right, he's a lot like Trump is, you know. So um, I'm just telling you, it smells. And when you look at, at that and you look at Louisiana and how close that one was and the undercard wasn't, you got makes me wonder, and it means that I'm going to be playing, paying a whole lot of attention to any article that I read about, uh, you know, voter, you know, conspiracies and things of that nature. I, you know, Elizabeth made a, a very uh, major uh, point of uh, of uh, truth, and that is this: if the American people lose their faith in the ballot, this country is dead in the water. Yeah, it really well, is. Well, that's the irony, of course, with what Hillary did during the election. She she lambasted Trump. When he was asked, would you accept the results of the election? And he said, we'll see. We'll see. Now, there's something to that, of course, which is, well, I don't know what's going to happen. If if they're legitimate, I would accept them. And if they're illegitimate, I wouldn't accept them. This is me speaking. So one could assume that Trump meant something like that. One doesn't have to, by the way. But it seems the most reasonable interpretation and she said, oh, my gosh, the sky, sky is falling, chicken little. You see what happens? Uh, Trump is going to undermine our democracy. And then she lost. And what did she do from day one? Undermine the results. Said she of the, wouldn't accept the results exactly. for a long time. Exactly. Well, she still quite literally says she won the presidency. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that's rubber room stuff, right? Well, because, it's rubber room because you know as well as I right? do, as well as she does, you win the election through the Electoral College, not through the popular vote. Indeed, that's, of course, 100% true, but it's even more simple. Is she president? No! Yeah. So I don't know how you can say you won an election and not have the spoils of that victory. Yeah, you're not living on Pennsylvania Avenue. Right, right. So, uh, you know, if what I would say in response to her is, if you think you won the election, then you should be happy. What are you grousing about? Yeah. What are you complaining? You're... You're the president. Madam President, how you doing? Yeah. Because she's lost When it. she shows up at a speech, they play Hail to the Right? Because she's lost it. I don't think it. so. I don't think they play Hail to the No, of course not. I think uh, they play uh, Three Dog Nights uh, Liar. <laughs> That's what, what I think right. they play for right. her. But, yeah, I. How, how are you seeing now this whole impeachment thing playing out, Robert? I think... Th- I think it's... In- 
Do you believe, as I do, that the Democrats are definitely overplaying their hand? Oh, for sure. Uh, what I was going to say is uh, I think there's not much tea, leave to, tea leaves to read anymore. The Democrats are going to vote to impeach in the House, and then it will, uh, nothing, it will be a no-go in the Senate, whatever the technical term is. Do you think is. that McConnell will have a trial? I think there's a good chance that he'll make a motion to dismiss. That's uh, what I'm hoping. Right. I mean, that's what Lindsey Graham says should happen, right. and I agree. Right. I mean, this has been a farce all along. Right. And then that will be there, – there's a st- strategic question whether it might uh, make sense to hold a trial because then he has to call back all of the senators who are running for president. Yeah. Uh, but I, su- I suspect that that strategic benefit – uh, won't outweigh the benefit of just dismissing the case. Did you see that the the lady ambassador that was yeah. in front of the yeah. the uh, committee last week? I saw her briefly. Did you see the um, congressman from Utah questioning her, asking, "Did the president? Did you do you know that the president took a bribe? No. Did you know right. this? It was all no." She said, which answered the question: Was the president guilty of anything? And the answer is no. Course. Absolutely course. not. I, I understand that she's upset. And, and by the way, you don't have to like what the president did uh, relative to her. But that's his prerogative. Meaning you would say, well, he's not a good manager. He brought this woman back because he didn't like what he heard about her from people who were not credible. This is kind of the narrative, right? Uh, okay. 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 But she serves at the that's will the point of, of the, the president. president. Meaning he... It doesn't that, matter why right, he doesn't like you. Right. The, the wheel can be uh, uh, wrong. You can disagree with why he does something. I'm not saying I do, by the way. I, I don't know enough about what's, what that whole controversy was in the first place. But the bottom line is that he's perfectly entitled to change ambassadors whenever he wants. Well, you know, these people have worked for 30 and 40 years. So what? Well, that's one of the problems. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm just saying right. that is one right. of that's, the problems. That's not a compliment, you know. It's not necessarily a critique, but it's a fact is all it is. You know, it's like, well, this person's five foot eight. So what? But here's the so problem what? In, in that I see, and as Elizabeth and I talked about this, because we're kind of rehashing what we've already gone over a little bit, but the but the people that are listening right now didn't hear this, and I think it's something important for them to consider, is that you have these um, ambassadors that have been there for, like, forever, and they think they are the ones that make the policy, well, that, not the right, president. That's an entrenched bureaucracy, and there's nothing new about that, and there's nothing good about that. So I'm not trying to compliment it. It's always a problem. You always have these entrenched bureaucrats and say, well— what the president was doing was not consistent with our goal. That's our? right. What do you mean our? He gets to set those goals. You don't like them? Tough. You think they're irrational? Tough. And if you're setting the goals as the ambassadors, who are you listening to? Right. No, themselves. It's this, it's, it's this circular firing squad of uh, self-fulfillment. They just decide what they want and they do it. So this is the real swamp. You know, the bureau, I'll tell you, this. remember, this is the State Department. When I was in Israel on a congressional delegation, we met with some folks from USAID. And we met, and they were stationed in the area within Israel, uh, uh, within Jerusalem, in fact, that was um, occupied by Palestinians. 
And they had dumped a bunch of American money, of course, to build a recreational facility. And I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it was just noteworthy. And they named it after a terrorist. And this created some controversy, and then they fixed that stupid error. <clears throat> and when we met with them, the political person was not there. So we, we got to meet with the bureaucrat. And the bureauc- I said to the bureaucrat, hey, what's the deal with naming a uh, facility, an American facility, after a Palestinian terrorist? And her response was somewhat giggly, by the way. Well, you know, one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. I punched him in the face. Yeah. Well, I looked at her. I said, yeah, but he's my terrorist. Yeah. Meaning, given the dichotomy, I can tell you which way he falls for me and all Americans who know about the region. He's a terrorist. He's a terrorist. Yeah. And she said, well, we changed the name back, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I said, that, no harm. Yeah, no harm. That wasn't the question. How does something like that get Happen. through? Right. Now, mistakes do happen. I'm not going to say mistakes never happen. But this was a pretty big mistake. And her, her response demonstrated the glibness by which the State, state Department, USAID is part of state, often operates. It's a, it's a leftist enclave, no matter whether the department is, is in a, a Republican administration or Democratic administration. And this is how they operate. They figure... They can stay on longer so that the president doesn't matter. They set their own agenda. It's really remarkable. It's really unfortunate. Which brings an interesting question. we got to get a break here in a second. I'll let you answer this before we go to break. Mm -hmm. And that being, why does the president allow those people to stay he can can he move them out if he wants to oh yes as he did with her that's kind of the point yeah right but it's a lot you the problem is it takes a lot of time to clean out a bureaucracy and presidents don't usually have enough time to do it all right yep we got more to talk about yep it's coming your way we're uh, at 23 minutes after four robert steinbach is here did you find your phone no you haven't found your phone no was corbett with you no Chris wasn't there? If, if Corbett was with me, he'd have it. All right. We'll take a break. Exactly. Got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you tomorrow. Don't forget the power panel will be here. And uh, I think Jan Morgan will be in studio as well uh, with me along with R.D. and Paul. In the uh, final hour of tomorrow's show, it is the Bible guys. Keep that in mind. Uh, they'll be here. I know Scott. Uh, Stuart will be here. Steve should be here. Billy should be here. Everybody will be here. If you have a question for the Bible Guys, send it to BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. Just got a couple of minutes uh, to to go before we get to the news. So uh, while I've got a few minutes to talk about this, let me go ahead and and get into uh, Wednesday. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, Congressman French Hill with us from uh, D.C. to talk. I'm not sure exactly what Thursday will bring. Friday should be a best-of uh, show for Dave Ellswick. I uh, look for Matt Smith to be here to talk movies. Uh, we've missed a couple of weeks now to talk about movies, and movies, uh, there's a, a lot of new ones that have come out. A lot of newer ones getting ready to come out. I mean, New Frozen is coming out next week. So uh, we'll spend some time uh, talking about that. For all of you who have uh, 
you know, been praying and have sent me uh, uh, emails and, and texts saying that you've been thinking about me. I thank you very much for that. Uh, it was kind of dicey going a couple of weeks ago. Uh, things are much, much better now. I was in today with Dr. Driscoll, who is my, uh, of course, uh, a wound specialist. Uh, she was uh, beside herself with excitement because the wound that I had on my foot has uh, cleared up significantly, uh, where I had a three, just about a three-inch uh, missing uh, piece of my foot uh, gone. Now is back to about to less than a half uh, of an inch so that's that's going very very well uh, i was uh, a lot sicker than i thought i was doctor told me the other day uh, that uh, she's afraid that if i had not come in when i had uh, there was a good possibility that we would have moved into organ failure and uh, i would have started feeling really really bad but lord's good takes care of his own taking care of me. We're going to take a break, come back after the news, and pick it up with Robert Steinbach. All right, so Robert uh, Steinbach, who's here in the studio again, Robert works for the uh, University of uh, Arkansas Little Rock, and he is a, a law professor. Legal, a law professor. I'll, oh. get, I'll get there. Sure. It's all One these. Day. It's all these antibiotics. You can blame uh, it on the anyway, antibiotics, yeah. Dave. You know, Dave's, Dave's uh, been looking. I, I never blame it on he, age. He's been looking for excuses yeah. for the senility for years. Yeah, I truly have. <laughs> but the bottom line is that uh, you know what his opinions are, his and his alone, and not necessarily those of the school of law nor UALR. Appreciate but he, it. he sends me some great, great articles. And he you sent me, me great articles, you know, by the way, You sent me too. a very yeah. funny article the other day. Which one was that? About uh, the guy that was surprised that there's so few conservatives at Harvard. Oh, right, right. And he was also surprised that there was gambling in Vegas, right? <laughs> I mean, it's really it's remarkable. Yeah, this law student writes an article about how few conservatives there are in, in um, uh, the law school at Harvard. Uh, look around, man. There, there are so few conservatives in all of higher education. You just sounded like Joe Biden. Yeah. Look around, man. Man. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. That's what Joe Biden says when he can't think of anything. That's exactly like, right. Uh, wait, wait, what? Huh? What? Come on, man. He's, yeah. like, he's jogging his own memory out loud. It's, it's the only thing he's jogged for the last 20 years. In any event, the, of course, all of legal academia and most of all other academia is overwhelmingly leftist. And don't kid yourself, the reason it's so leftist is not just by coincidence, just by accident, just because somebody uh, thinks falsely that conservatives are not interested in higher education, but liberals are. It's all nonsense. I'll tell you why there are so few uh, conservatives in legal academia. That's because the liberals... I should say, the leftists keep them out. They keep them out. That's what's routinely, uh, they keep them out. And if you put on your resume that you are a member of the Federalist Society or some other conservative group. You don't get Christmas card. You don't get Christmas card. <laughs> you, get, you get kicked to the curb. And every once in a while, a conservative say, well, Rob, you know, there's a, you're a conservative. Yes, every once in a while. One will sneak in, 
like a bed bug in uh, <laughs> on, on a on a bag of luggage. But the thing is, they ain't a lot, and, and they don't like you, and they don't like it. And the result is that the perspective that law students get is slanted. My last class in evidence uh, last week, I talked about a dissenting opinion written by Scalia, and it was joined by, of all people, Ginsburg. Scalia, conservative, Ginsburg, the, the probably now, biggest that liberal. is true bipartisan. Well, not only is it truly bipartisan, though, here's my question. His opinion... Uh, um, he gets no credit for that. They, oh, you know, Scalia, he was just a partisan hack. Really? Yeah. Really? Because this was all about civil liberties. And he has always been a constitutionalist who appreciated the fact that there are the Bill of Rights and civil liberties. It's not complicated. No. And so Ginsburg signs on with him. Most of the other judges are a bunch of statists, which means, oh, let's go along. If this is what the prosecutor wants, and that's what we'll give them. Listen, I have a lot of friends who are or were prosecutors, but the fact is that the, the biggest risk in a legal prece- criminal legal proceeding is that we unfairly punish an innocent person. Hmm. That's the biggest concern. Well, Rob, what about letting the, the guilty person go? That's not as big a problem as putting an innocent person in jail. Sorry. And our system has always been based on that premise. There's nothing new about that. So he gives this opinion, and I want to know this. How many of these leftists teach in their classes that Scalia wrote a civil liberties opinion? And how many of the Democratic justices went along with Scalia when he wrote a conservative opinion, be it in the majority or dissent? Zero. Zero. Yep. You don't have to like Scalia. You don't have to like his political or judicial philosophy. You don't have to like his opinions. But you cannot, you cannot legitimately characterize him as politically biased when he writes an opinion like that. And I've seen no Democrat write an opinion on the other side like that. None. That's the difference. So I told this to the students, not in quite as vehement terms, needless to because say. Because I, I turn Robert loose here. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that and the First Amendment, by the way, Dave. Uh, and, but unfortunately, that too is under attack and under assault. Remember, hugely under attack. Remember, Dave, I wanted to pass a bill, past session, proposed by Kim Hammer, endorsed by Bob Ballinger, that simply said government employees are free to say on their free time whatever they want unless it breaks the law, including discrimination law. That's a pretty simple concept, sure. right? And I had a Republican going up against me. And I told this Republican in the committee meeting, I said, hey, so you, you think it's okay if some school teacher gets fired for writing on Facebook that she happens to be against gay marriage? Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't think that's okay. Oh, I think that. No, that's, that, that's protected. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. By the way, I love, I love, listen, I can be wrong, Dave. It's not like I've never been wrong. There was this one time in 73. But my point is <laughs> that I love it when one of these non-lawyer legislators who is totally unfamiliar with the bill that I'm helping support starts to dictate to me constitutional law. Hey, he could be right. He could be right. A blind truffle, a blind boar find a truffle every once in a while That's in right. the woods. Okay. But you know what? This time? He wasn't. No, he was wrong. He was wrong. Absolutely wrong. And that bill's coming up again. 
Well, it has to. I'm going to make sure it comes up again. And by the way, when I say I'm going to make sure, that's not because I have a control. Because I have a bunch of legislators saying, Rob, come next session. You better give me back that draft of the bill and, and polish it up because I, the legislator, want to push this. So I'm not driving, driving the bus here. I'm in the back. But I'm handing up paperwork. I'm passing notes. And I'm helping along. Well, you're doing what you can do. That's right. You the have, same. You're not an elected official, no. but you can be a person to help an elected official. That's right. Take the uh, the view or take the highway of truth. That's right. Because listen, we all have to chip in in the way we can. You know, there was another person that probably made the most instrumental change in the legislature on any single and important bill this last session in which he was talking about this concept for several years and then he said we're going to do it this year and he got with me and said here are my general uh, outline and, you, and and I was given a, a list of things and, and he said to me put this in the language of a bill because that's right. not what I do and that person is you you said, I want this bill, what I now call the Dave Ellswick Free Speech on Campus Bill. I want these ideas in a bill. I've already spoken to these several legislators. They're expecting your call, Rob, but they need you the same way I do to put some language in there, sure. you know, to, to put the nuts and bolts in, because that's what I do. Well, they sent me some language, right? but I didn't know if it necessarily met the language of the state of Arkansas. Right, right. Right? We had to make sure it worked. Yes. We had to make sure it worked. And that's where I came in. And it in. did. Yeah. And it did. Well, we changed it. But it worked. Yeah. And the point is, so I'm not the only one who, who gives input. Dave Ellswick got the biggest piece of legislation, as far as I'm concerned, passed in the last legislature. And I've already heard from various state senators and representatives, including Bob Ballinger, uh, including Kim Hammer, um, who, who said to me, we are going to look come next session because we're probably going to have to do more. And they said, by the way, when we passed the bill, they said, listen, Rob, this is step one. This is do- So don't think that if there's something missing. I said, oh, I get it. Step one. Yeah, here's what yeah. you do. You write a piece of legislation, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the people that the legislation applies to will follow it the way they're supposed well, that's, to. Well, that's part of the problem. They will try to run around it. That happened already. The Education Committee met last week or the Legislative Council. I don't fully understand all of these off-session groups in the legislature, and I need to learn more about it, frankly. And they met, and they pushed back on two schools that were required to report pursuant to the Dave Ellswick free speech bill. And you know what they did? Not good enough! Mm -hmm. That's what they did. And you know what the legislators told them? Go try again. Go try again. So I'm so proud of these legislators who follow up, who continue, who say, we passed something, now we're going to make sure it happens. Never forget, Dave, that academia, from K all the way to the highest higher education, is overwhelmingly left-leaning. Left-leaning. And by the way, that doesn't make them evil. But what it does make them is unlikely to want to comply with conservative ideals like free speech on cons- on campus, ex- especially for conservatives. So if they have a way to do a to do a less than ideal job in reporting their commitment to free speech, particularly for conservatives on campus, watch out. They just might do it. And it happened. And it happened. And these legislators caught it and they put them on notice and they said, go back and do it again. All right. Robert Steinbach is with us to the top of the hour. Uh, I'm working on a special guest interview later this week. 
Uh, I'll let you know when it happens, when it does. I won't tell you who it is until we have uh, rectified that. But uh, if this person comes on, then Robert will be back on uh, for that interview because there will be a lot of questions to be asked. All right, we're going to take a break, a final break for this hour. Coming up in the next hour, uh, Joel Johnson is going to join us from PI Roofing. I'm looking forward to that. I've been talking about this, you know, your next roof being your last roof. I want him to answer that question for me when he comes on here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's all coming your way. You stick around. Robert's still with us another 13, 14 minutes. Let me just say this. If he's going to be here that long, you just never know what he's going to say. You never know. You never know what's (laughs) going to come out. We'll take a break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Let's finish up this hour with Robert Steinbach. Next hour, I think we got some folks from... uh, but from the uh, university up there in Searcy, Harding coming in in the bottom of the hour. But we've all, we've also got uh, Joel Johnson, the owner of PI Roofing, who's going to be in the first half hour. You do not want to miss what uh, Joel Johnson has to say. This guy knows everything there is to know about roofing. I, I trust him explicitly about this. Um, I've been talking about him for almost 18 years. So I guess that says something about that I believe in him. <laughs> exactly. As far as how that works exactly. out. All right. Let me ask, what do you think? Uh, Pelosi says, the president says this is a sham. Well, he's welcome to come and sit in front of the committee and testify at any time. Uh, he can do it in front of the committee or he can do it in writing. Today came out, president was thinking seriously about doing it. I think he's just holding up a carrot to the Democrats, to be honest with you. Because I see no benefit whatsoever in him testifying, whether it's live or in person or in uh, in written. Absolutely not. Uh, they won't let him have his attorneys there. They don't let the Republicans call the witnesses that they want to call and he's going to give testimony to them absolutely not i don't know an attorney uh, uh, worth his salt who would recommend otherwise but i suspect you're right i don't know but i suspect you're right that he's toying with them that's a smart move that that's a political move it's not a legal move but no way should he testify absolutely not. no the whole thing is 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 so farcical to begin with okay so the Democrats, is, I think it's a foregone conclusion that they will go through with the impeachment and they will uh, pass on whatever these high crimes and misdemeanors they think have right. somehow uh, been committed by the president and right. it would go to the Senate. By the way, can I comment, Dave? So you recall they were using quid pro quo, which just means exchange. And, and they said, well, there was an exchange. Well, of course. There are exchanges of things all the time, so that didn't go very far, and apparently the Latin term, according to their pollsters, was confusing, so they went to bribery. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Under no definition of bribery is it bribery, meaning assume what the Democrats say happened, happened. How's that bribery? Meaning— No money exchanged. No, but even if it would have. Like, in other words— there was money allocated to um, to Ukraine, 
the Democrats claim that the president held it. Well, I think he did held it, hold it back at some point. The question was whether it was related to anything. But so the president hold back some mon- the money for a short period, and the Democrats say he did this so that. Ukraine would start an investigation, and of course, then the Democrats add in of his political rival, rather than a former vice president whose son and he, the pre- vice president, on 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 their face were involved in behavior that doesn't look good to me. Mm-hmm. But even take all the terms correct that he held back money for Ukraine to do something. In terms of investigating Biden's, whatever that, however one characterizes the investigation of the Bidens, think about it this way: Let's say you pay, you hire a mover to bring your stuff to your house, and then they show up to your house, and you've already paid them, let's say, and they say, oh, "You got to give me another hundred dollars, or I won't give you your stuff." Um, and you say, "Well, I don't know, maybe whatever." It, even that—that's not bribery. It's something. It's something. I'm not saying it's right. But it ain't bribery. So the Democrats are so desperate to come up with a term that looks obviously wrong and looks like it implicates impeachable behavior that they might as well have picked a word like arson or bank robbery, meaning they picked something that's a crime but wholly unrelated to even the the facts as they allege them. So if you assume... Just for the sake of argument that the president did what the Democrats say he did, and that was wrong, it still wouldn't be bribery. Well, here's the other part of that, and that is this ambassador, their star witness last week, was asked by a Utah congressman uh, under questioning, cross-examination, asked her, did the president commit bribery? And she said, no. Right. Because that word has nothing to do with what President Trump did, even if you assume that he did what the Democrats claim. That's how desperate they are. I mean, that was such a, a, a huge moment in that, that day, I think it was Friday, mm-hmm. of tes- testimony when she was asked, did he, that you know that he... Uh, you know, commit bribery, did well, he lie, did he do they, this? And her answer was no to every everything. one of the charges that the Democrats are basing their impeachment upon. What, what about when Schiff brings up the tweet that Trump made about the ambassador, the woman ambassador, and, oh, I'm not being a sexist, I'm just saying that one because there were several ambassadors on at the, over the last several days. And um, he criticized her, and they said... They tell the ambassador about that. Intimidating. Yeah. Well, uh, they ha- first they ask the witness, uh, do you th- what do you think the president's trying to do? And she correctly says, well, I don't know what he's trying to do because I'm not inside his head. That's right. So, Schiff, stop asking me such ridiculous questions. That yeah. last part, she didn't say, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm putting that in, to be fair. And then they say, well, do you think this is witness intimidation? Dave, again, words have meaning. Witness intimidation is when someone does something to a witness to prevent them from testifying. Like shoots them. That's one thing. Or threatens to kill their family. Yeah, that, right? right. You know, some threat of violence or otherwise, right? Which 
causes the person not to testify. She was testifying at the time and unaware of the tweet. Yeah. That notwithstanding, she's made aware of the tweet. Did she get up and leave, Dave? No. Did, no. How, so how can she be intimidated if she was already testifying, didn't know about the tweet, it was the Democrat who introduced her to the tweet, and then after hearing about the tweet, continued to testify? Yeah, yeah. because it's Adam Schiff. Because it's make-believe. Adam Schiff, is, he it, makes up. Everything out of just the whole words cloth. have no meaning. Now, here's the funny thing. You know what he could have said? Well, that's not very nice. What the, what the president did? Sure. He could say that. He could say that. Yep. Absolutely. No, but he took it he, uh, exponentially because, over the exactly. top. Exactly. Because he doesn't want it to be not nice because the president's allowed to be not nice. The First Amendment guarantees that you can be not nice. There's no prohibition on on uh, not on being not nice. Okay, I got one minute left here. Yes, sir. I got to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the AG today, mm-hmm. um, or not, not uh, AG, the Secretary of State, mm-hmm. Pompeo, mm-hmm. said that the administration would soften its stance on building settlements on the West Bank. Your thoughts? Would soften its stance in what way? I guess to allow uh, expansion. More. Oh, I see. I see. Well, listen, it's, I think it's a complicated issue, but I'm tired of Israel being asked to do all of these things to drive towards peace, and the Palestinians are asked to do nothing and largely do nothing. So in that regard, I, I, I'm okay, because what I don't like is Israel's our friend. Israel is our closest ally in the region, and yet we're always pressuring Israel. Why are we not pressuring any of the other groups? I agree. So I think uh, it's, it's about time. And, of course, the president's biggest move is, is the most important move, and it's symbolic, but that's critical. He moved the embassy to Jerusalem that where it belongs. That so big. Yeah. It just was Every so Democrat big. and Republican before promised to do it, and none of them did. That's right. Promises made, promises kept. All right. We got to take a break, uh, get ready for the news. Got final hour coming up. Uh, Joel Johnson from PI Roofing is going to join us in the next half hour. You won't want to miss that. What would you think if they told you that the next roof you put on your home would be your last one? I'm about to die. We're going to talk talk about that with uh, Joel Johnson here in just a moment. Rob, I will see you a little later on this week. uh, Maybe sooner than later, but we'll look forward to that. God bless. uh, When you come on. Thanks so much. All right, break. Then we've got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you here, Joel. Thank you, always, Dave. Good always, to be here. I mean, always a pleasure to have you in the studio. Look, I've been a big supporter of Joel Johnson for like 19 years, from the moment, just about the moment you started this business. Pretty close, yes. And you have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt 
you are everything that anybody would want out of a roofing company. You make me blush, Dave. But it's the truth. It's the truth. I've never had anybody yep. tell me a bad thing about you. And uh, look, I've had a lot of friends. I've had Matt Smith from the the theater there, and and Cabot had his roof done by you. Said right. you guys yep. did an outrageously great job uh, at an outrageously. And this is all when you oh, talk no. about Matt Smith. This is always important at a great price. Oh, uh, too cheap, huh? Yeah, it must have been. <laughs> as far as he was concerned, I guess. But the bottom line is, uh, I mean, you did my house. Yep. And I remember that the uh, uh, the felt did something really funky. Right. And uh, we yep. called you and told you they were out the next day. They fixed it. No cost to me at all. Yeah, Zip. no problem. No problem. You, you do what you say you're going to do. And I think that's all you can ask of a businessman. Well, that's what we try to do, Dave. That's why we, you know, when we started the company now, you know, almost 19 years ago. That's not possible. <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't seem possible. Do I look too old? No, no. Getting, I'm getting the gray, though. So. I bet you I look at your kids, though, and they look a whole lot older than oh, what my, I remember yeah. them. Yeah, my daughter's uh, 22. Oh, and my, my son Lord. turned 20. So, yeah, God. my son was just born when we started the business yeah, just, out of our house. I remember a little guy. Just a little guy. I remember. Yeah, it's, yeah it's we're, we're just impressive. talking about stories. We're going to have an end-of-the-year uh, company meeting and just kind of let everybody know where the company came from and you know where what veronica and i had to do to start the company 20 years ago talk and, about that to my listeners i mean i tell this story of you driving through neighborhoods and looking at people's roofs and going up and cold knocking on their doors now cold knocking means the people aren't expecting you to show up right and, and so it wasn't like selling magazines or you know right. trying to sell somebody something uh, when you're doing roofing repair or outside construction like that, you can drive by and just look and see a shingle. You know, it's it's cockeyed or it's fallen off or it's missing or you got, uh, you know, trees growing out of the gutters. It's pretty easy to notice that from the road. A tree growing out of a gutter. I love and, and there's, that. I watch them. I'm watching a couple now. As I, <laughs> I call the customer and say, hey, you ready to fix, clean the gutters out? They're like, oh, no, no, we're going to get to it. Okay, well, I, I yeah. drove by again and it's still there. So if, right. <laughs> when we get those rains or we get some ice that comes in. You know, those gutters are going to back up, and it's going to, you know, you're going to cause damage inside the home. Ice dams. Ice dams, Remember right. that famous phrase, ice dams. But that's what I did when we started the company uh, 19 years ago, was uh, just kind of driving around, trying to find uh, something to do. It wasn't like it is now, where I've got a bunch of employees on direct deposit. Right. You know, and we just all go and we work, and we've kind of built that machine. Uh, back then it was, okay. Good morning, honey. I'm going to go to work. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'm going to do today, but I'm going to go try to find someone that needs my services and let I, me go I'm going to try to pay the mortgage on the house today. Well, not today. Not in one day, but right. <laughs> a, little, but I mean, a little bit over time. You absolutely. understand what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And it takes every day. You can't just you know go hit a home run every day. You got to go do you know, plant those seeds a little here, a little there. Uh, some people need something. Some people don't need anything. Uh, so trying to keep enough people in the pipeline that everybody needs something at a little bit at a time it it but then it pays the mortgage at the end of the month and you go hey we ate again this month honey we're good yeah you're you're hearing joel talk about basically going and doing small jobs absolutely that's what yeah. it was and, and we still do them today and, and that's why when you you know now if you're listening you can't see this but if you're on facebook right now which we've got thousands of people who watch this on facebook you see it says your roof leak detective 
that's where it came from. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I was the roof leak detective. Yeah. And that's that's how we kind of came up with the name was, you know, what my wife and I were like, OK, I'm, I was going to quit my job after being with another roofing company for 10 years. Uh, my wife and I just became Christians about maybe two years before that. And we were just struggling. You know, OK, Lord, now, you know, I'm in my 20s. What do I do with this newfound Christianity? And uh, I stayed with that company for a couple more years as we were trying to figure out what to do. And finally, they kind of they kind of helped push us out the door. Yeah. Uh, but I was able to stay that 10 years. And I got a, a ring that I never wear. And wow. It says, ooh, 10 years. I've done 50 <clears throat> years in radio, and I haven't gotten a ring. Oh, but look at you. You got a bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to talk to you about something I've been talking about on your ads. And, again, I've been doing ads for Joel for nearly 19 years. Here's the key. In this ad, I say, I guess I shouldn't tell you this, but Joel let me know. And you've been doing it. You've been telling people. Yeah, I have been telling them that this roof could be your final roof you ever put on your house. Explain that one to me. Um, Remember I wrote that book? Yeah. The Roof Lick Detective? I gave a lot of them away. In that that book, we we talk about uh, the materials that we have nowadays. Uh, Unfortunately... We can't use asbestos anymore. That was a great product, but they found out that it wasn't good for you. So that stuff went away. But technology has evolved so much that there's SBS products. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's not all asphalt like it used to be all right. asphalt, and the thicker the better. You know, a lot of asphalt, but now it's the really lots thin of weight. Shoes, lots of weight. So now they're a lot thinner, uh, but they, they put so much technology in those things that they're very durable. Um, if you put a shingle on your house today, the manufacturer will say that it's a lifetime warranty on their product. Right. They take a shingle and they say, hey, this shingle is not going to fail for the next 50 years or whatever they consider a lifetime. So I'm saying, okay, well, 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 why can't we warranty that shingle for as long as it's going to last? What right. could go wrong with it? Correct. But what happens is, is guys don't know how to install shingles and they don't. They don't do it right. They don't do it. So we'll put a nail here and put a nail there, and we'll just kind of do this here and kind of do that there. So my thing is we want to do it the right way. Okay, so let me stop you right there because there's an important part of this that he may have been leading into, but I still want to ask him about, and that's because anyone who works for you has to come in and prove to you they will do the job and do it exact. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, now, that makes it possible for you then to back up. It does. And and now since we've done that, uh, the National Roofing Contractors Association has come out with, uh, so far they've got two modules. And it, one is for shingles and one is for TPO. It's a, it's a white membrane roof system. And what they've done is they've made it all online. So now you can take somebody maybe coming out of high school or somebody that's out of high school looking to do something with their hands that college didn't work out maybe. Make some decent money. Or their job that they're at didn't work out. So now the NRCA has this um, platform that you can go online and you can learn about, how to, I call it from the street to the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, how, can I, how can I get this job? You know, As a contractor, you don't really want to hire uh, somebody off the street and say, hey, welcome to PI Roofing. Go ahead and get up on the roof. And let's see if you do any good. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> Back work Back in the old way. day when I started, now 30 years ago, that's what we did. You know, that's how I got into roofing was I, you know, I needed a job. You and they showed said, up. I showed up and I got a job. I was on the roof the same day. But nowadays, 
there's better processes in place. And the NRCA has really done a really good job at trying to educate the workforce and business owners and homeowners about how the job should be done right. And a lot of it's OSHA. You know, if you don't, if you're not safe, you don't need to be doing it because someone, well, people get hurt all the time. Yeah. But this new program, it's called TRAC, T-R-A-C. And it, um, it's, a, it's several modules. It probably take a couple hours to go through all of them. Um, but it, at, at the end of those modules, you know, you'll have a really good idea if you want to be in this business or not. So do they still, do you, you know, the guys that are doing roofing, I remember back in the day, and like I'm a lot older than Joel is, so I go back even further. Uh, I remember guys throwing bundles of shingles over their shoulders. Oh, yeah. And hauling them up ladders. Can they even do that anymore? It's amazing what the guys do these days. Um, now, when you're climbing a ladder, you're supposed to have a, a three-point uh, touch to the ladder. Okay. So either two feet and one hand as the other hand's going up. Or, so the guys will put them on their back. I've seen guys with two bundles, three bundles on their, on their back, and they just balance them, and they climb up the ladder. It's amazing because that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight. I mean, you got to be steady. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing how those guys can do that. Yeah, that's just years of experience yeah. that allows them to do that. I, I didn't know how OSHA had viewed that, you know, that you, you had to have I'm sure a, they don't like that either, there. but what do you do? Yeah. You know, guy's going to, if that's what he wants to do, then that's what he's going to do. But And we've got um, um, other avenues to get shingles on the roof. Uh, one is called a ladivator. Uh, so it uh, it's a ladder with a with a level, with a uh, with a platform on it. Uh-huh. You throw the shingles or plywood on that, and then you hit a button and it takes it up the roof just like it would. Cool. Take it up the ladder. Guy's on the roof, take it off there, put it on the roof, and, the, and it comes back down, and then... You load it back up with more materials, and away it goes again. It really is an amazing sight to watch people put a roof on and how fast I tell they you, it's can hard do work, it. Dave. It's a young man's game. Well, I can only imagine <laughs> and break my back to even try to do that kind of yes. stuff. Yep. I wouldn't make it through a full day of work. It's tough, Dave. And I tell you, that's what we—that's what I—that's always been my. I told my guys, that's my why. You know, why do you do what you do? Why don't you just kind of give it up? You know, you make a little money, pay some stuff off. Why work so hard? My my thing is I want to see the next generation do better than us. And right now I see the next generation not knowing what to do. Yeah, that's, you yeah, know, that's they're, an they're struggling. Yeah. They're struggling. So I think with the NRCA and, and other, um, other avenues for um, that type of work, uh, be pro, be proud. Have you heard of that, uh, mm. that truck going around? It's no. an awesome truck. It's got a lot of... Uh, uh, hand tools in it, welding. Um, I, I'm not sure what all they have in there, but look at Be Pro, Be Proud. Those guys are really making a difference, showing the young people what opportunities there are. That blue it's, collar is not so bad, and it's good money. Yeah, it's and it, it is, and we have to charge more money because the labor that we're finding to go to work costs more money. That's right. You know, so it's a the supply and demand, or what is the resources cost to get up on the roof versus what we can charge the customer. All right, so I want to go back and touch base on this whole thing about your last yeah, this this final roof, roof can you be your last roof that you you ever have to buy. We got a few moments left here, so by training your people correctly to how they have to put that roof on. The bottom line is you can tell a customer that. Absolutely. So uh, back in 08, uh, we used to do a warranty that was called Life of the Shingle Labor Warranty. 
whatever the life back then it was 30 years yeah so we could there's a there's a limit on it there's 30 years so if you bought a roof from us in 2008 you got a certificate that said if if your roof fails because of our workmanship over the life of the shingles, call us and we're going to come fix it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I still have that, but my insurance didn't like the way it was worded and everybody, you know. So we still have, and we want people to call us. Hey, if you've got a problem with one of our roofs, I want you to call us. Correct. Uh, we can't keep up with everybody that we've done roofs for over the past 19 years. There's been a lot. Uh, but the main thing I, I want to tell everybody about is maintaining your roof. And it's not just cleaning out the gutters and, you know, the, the lawn guy walking up there and looking at it going, yeah, it looks like the roof is here. I cleaned the gutters out. Yeah. you got to know what you're looking for. Hail damage in Arkansas is not like big hail. It's small hail. So you really have to know what you're looking for to see if you have damage or you don't have damage. Yeah, that's what caused me to call you at the very beginning when I needed a new roof was hail damage. Right, yeah. And it wasn't, you know, I couldn't tell it, but your people immediately got up, started looking at it and said, yeah, Dave, this is in bad shape. Yep, that's right. And the more hail that we've had over the past few years, the uh, the more other contractors come into our market. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that, too. We need so to just talk be careful. That. Be careful. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Joel Johnson. Joel, what's the phone number for people to give you a call? You've got your number, but we've got 707-3115. Yeah, that's the easiest way. On the sign, yep, yep. right there. So Just let him know that you heard about on Dave. yes. Make sure you tell him you heard it on the Dave Ellswick Show. I love having Joel on because he can sit here and just talk very, very matter-of-factly about how you can save a whole lot of money. More coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're down to just about five minutes left with Joel Johnson here, the owner, proprietor, main bottle washer for PI <laughs> Roofing, along with his wife, Veronica. I don't want to forget Veronica. She has been an instrumental part Absolutely. of, of uh, uh, PI Roofing as well. That phone number to call them is 707-3115, 707-3115, or just visit them online, piroofing.com. <coughs> just remember that uh, to mention that you heard about them here on my show and that's how a lot of you have learned about pi roofing that's right so dave to my wife 26 years this year in december congratulations 26 years that that in and of putting up with this for 26 years that's a kudos to her that's just a huge huge thing this year was my 28th wedding anniversary nice you know we got a couple more years we get to 30 then i'll figure you know i'll keep her Right. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I know. All right. Let's go back and, and let's <clears throat> let's talk some more. You've got a special idea for people for the holiday season. Let's talk about Christmas gifts, Dave. All right. What I is like that, talking Christmas. What is that lovely lady going to give her husband this year for Christmas? Yeah. She's he's already got all the ties he needs. He's got the shoes, he's got the stuff that he needs. But what can what can we give that guy in your life? Uh, that's actually work, worth something more than just a tie. Mm-hmm. I think I think we give them peace of mind. Maybe even give the wife peace of mind. Yep. So the PI roof maintenance plan. Okay. One hundred and seventy nine bucks for the year. For the year. Wow. This is this what this includes is we're going to come out and clean out your gutters. Okay. It says one hundred and fifty feet in here because again we have to put limitations on stuff. Uh-huh. But we want to clean out all the gutters. Okay. Clean out your gutters, and you know we got the Tommy's gutter service. Correct. We've taken over all his customers. So if you if you're a previous Tommy's gutter customer and we haven't contacted you, please give us a call so we can clean out those gutters. 
Uh, but if you want to give the guy in your life something special, keep him off the roof, keep him off the ladder, keep him out of the hospital. They'll tell you that, that one of the major ways that uh, guys get hurt at home is getting on the ladders, trying to clean out the gutters. They fall, break their hips, all kinds of bad things. You know, and I find myself doing the same thing. If I'm at home, I'm just so more comfortable. And I find myself changing light bulbs and I'm going, what in the you talk, You do this here? every day. But I'm yeah. inside the house changing light bulbs. I'm not thinking about it. Like, gosh, but that's what guys think. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a small ladder out. We try to change something, do it ourselves because we're the man, right? Yeah, that's right. Honey, watch this. And you go, uh-oh. <laughs> and you didn't even ask her to hold on to your beer. <laughs> no. I'm just saying. <laughs> Bottom line, it's that whole thing of male ego. So, yeah, Dave, uh, roof maintenance plan. We've got this on online. You can download a copy of it. Um, um, our our PIRoofing.com. website. Yep. Give the office a call. Go and check it out. What are what are some of the other things besides cleaning out your gutters? Uh, 10% discount on any repairs that we do. There you go. Uh, so what we have is we have a virtual savings account that we set up for customers. So anytime, if you don't need a new roof, but you just need some repairs done, you need 1000 bucks worth of repairs done, we're going to give you $200 worth of virtual uh, money to use with us later and again hopefully at some point you're going to have hail damage or wind damage nothing serious we're not looking for tornadoes no one needs to get hurt but when the insurance company replaces your roof we want you to have some money saved up with us to pay whatever you want hopefully an upgrade yeah if you, you get, have three you tab shingles dollar deductible this comes out and you can pay saves you some i money. can't pay your deductible but you can do whatever you want with the money yeah that's what i say so if you have three tab shingles, you can upgrade to an architect shingle. If you have architect shingle, you can get uh, enhanced ridge. You can get metal valleys. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with your roof, and it's uh, it's really nice. I, well, can you use the word sexy on the radio? Yeah, sure. I like a sexy roof. There you go. You know, your roof is what everybody sees when they when they drive up to your house. And if you're getting ready to sell your house, why not make your roof look good and attractive so people driving by, they see it and they go, man. We got to get inside. All right. So all you, you may got, have just redid the bathroom, the kitchen, and all that stuff, but they don't know it because they can't get inside your house. So all you got to do is go to piroofing.com. You'll find all the information there. There's a phone number. There's a place I'm sure you could email or whatever uh, to get involved in this. Now, before I let Joel go, uh, I want to I want to boast on him a little bit. Oh boy. This is this goes back several years for the Dave Ellswick Arkansans Care Foundation that I used to have. And I won't get into the whole inf- uh, whole story about what happened on that other than uh, the AG was involved in it. Bottom line is this. Uh, this gentleman here, whenever I was working with, uh, you know, people who didn't have a lot of money uh, that were elderly people and they needed work done on their roofs, I could always call Joel and say, Joel... Can I get you to do this for the nonprofit? And he never said no. I watched him take one house, and we were just looking for a roof. He took it all the way down to the top to the studs and put all. Got to do it right, Dave. Did it, I mean, it's amazing what you did, and you're to be congratulated for that. It, Thank it you. just goes in to show what PI roofing is all about. And Joel, thanks for coming in today. Thank you, Dave. We'll have you more. And we'll talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. News is next. All right. Wayne Beach, good friend of mine, sent me a joke. I can't tell it on the air. Oh. But it just it was it's pretty funny. I gotta give it credit. It's pretty gotta give it's pretty funny. Got a good moral to the story. 
Uh, I've asked uh, for Joel to stick around a little bit. I'm I'm going to work a, away from roofing a little bit after we talk just a moment about how can they give you a quote uh, on your roof. Do they have to come out, you know, get out of the car, put up a ladder, walk along the roof of the house and all of that? Or how do they how do they do that? So I'm going to turn it over to you, Joel. You talk about how that's all done. Yeah, so that's that's the way that we do it today. Uh, but I'm I'm the type of guy that I'm not really satisfied with the with the normal stuff i guess i'm always trying to think of new ways um to do business and to serve our customers so i've been working uh for a a little bit of time uh, more than a a year or so with a young guy here in central arkansas about how to how to give a customer a roof estimate without ever coming out there okay so using uh, technology using technology so right now we have uh, different programs that are available right anybody i guess um, where uh, satellite imagery is used to photograph the roof, and also uh, it takes measurements. Uh, it takes cool. It, it knows the pitch angle uh, most of the time. You do have to double check because sometimes it'll. You think it's a nine twelve and it's a twelve twelve. That's a you know walkable to non walkable. Okay. It's very steep. Uh, so you have to check those uh, measurements and the pitches. Uh, but we're working on a program that will take that technology along with a, a pricing structure, and, and it's actually from what the insurance companies use. Okay. Uh, so most insurance companies use a program called um, um, an exact, Xactimate. Okay. Uh, with an X, Xactimate. Uh, so it's supposed to be a program that's kind of fair all across the board. Uh, the insurance companies aren't supposed to be able to manipulate the numbers. The contractor can't manipulate the numbers. So everybody gets a fair price based on your zip code. So it's more it's cheaper here than in California or somewhere. Okay. So the program is designed to uh, take uh, the roof sketch and the pricing structure, merge them together somewhere in the clouds. I guess I'm at the clouds is what they say. Yeah, in the cloud. <laughs> I guess I'm that old now. Okay. And then it uh, it merges that stuff together and it and it gives the customer a uh, a proposal based off those uh, based off that information. That's pretty cool. So at least you know, hey, let me just, it's midnight, I can't sleep, I know, I got that leak, whatever. You can type in this uh, in the program. Um, it doesn't work at the moment, but instaroofquote.com is the name of it. It's the website that we have for it. Okay. So it's like instantly you get a roof quote. That's midnight, wild. You're typing it in, you type your address in there, um, you make sure that that's your house, mm-hmm. because we don't want to do it for your neighbors or right. across the street or somewhere. Uh, type in your address. Verify that, and within 24 hours, it'll send you an email with a nice proposal and even three options. So if you have three-tab shingles now, it'll give you three-tab, but also architect shingles, and maybe architect shingles with enhanced ridge or the metal valleys. You know, some extra stuff that you wouldn't think about having, but, hey, you know what? It's midnight. I might as well shoot for the stars and see how much it costs. So explain to me metal valleys and things of that nature. Why is that important? Well, a metal valley is um, it lets the water get off the roof quicker, so okay. you have a nice flat piece of metal, and it's it's called a W metal. So it goes up the valleys. If you can see on the Facebook thing, it goes up the valleys. When it comes down to the valley, it actually has another peak in it, like a W. Okay. So when water's coming off the shingles into the valley, it doesn't go up the other side of the valley. Okay, stays in the valley. Stays in the valley, funnels it down to the edge where the whole gets thing's a gutter. Off your house and get off the roof. We want to get that water off the roof and onto the ground as quickly as possible. 
the longer it's on the roof, the more problems you're going to have with any type of leak. Or when it's cold out, it's going to freeze up on the roof. Okay. Uh, so Metal Valley is designed to get water off the roof quicker. It's more expensive because it's it's separate. Uh, with just the shingle roof, you can lay the shingles through the valley and up the other side. Then the next one can be over the top of it and cut off. There's several different ways. I like woven. So one side kind of weaves into the other side. Mm-hmm. But it's a little more touchy and tricky for the guys to be able to do a, a woven valley. But okay. they do look nice on the roof. But then you have the professionals who can do that. Absolutely. That's that's yeah. the key. I mean, it's one thing if it's somebody that comes out and it's their first time around the block. It's another thing if they've been roofing for a long, long time and you ask them to do that and you go, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah, a get, di- big difference. And you get a brake light warranty with, the, with some of those guys. Your warranty's as good as, until you see the brake lights <laughs> yeah. leaving your house. <laughs> yeah, and let's talk about that because it's something that, you know, people are always cognizant and rightly so, of price. However, price should not dictate you doing something stupid. Right. And you could really, and I say that from my own personal lifetime. I've done things to save, you know, $100 that in the end cost me a few thousand dollars. My wife's yelling at the radio right now at me, so keep going. (laughs) Okay. So So the bottom line is, you know, when you have, let's say, like out in Valonia, when we had that terrible tornado go yep. through there, and it just destroyed homes, and it right. t- it tore roofs right off of houses, mm-hmm. and I know that you were doing a lot of work out there, and uh, you know it was a day-to-day kind of operation for you all because you had so many people that wanted work done. So... You know, you come out, you give a, an estimate to somebody, and then some dude shows up, and, you know, the, the pickup truck's only hitting on five cylinders. It's blowing smoke, but they've got the ladders on the on it. they got shingles in back of it, and they, they give you a price that's, uh, let's say you're going to save your deductible. It's $1,000 maybe. Mm-hmm. And you go, wow, that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Except, will they be there after they're done or in fact will they ever finish yeah yep i've been watching the house uh as i drive in um we, we actually live out close to valonia now we just bought a house out there oh okay uh, so when i'm driving in now coming through burns park i've watched some watch some guys some guys they're roofing a house and i was like wow man it took them like three days to do a little house i'm like okay well they you know whatever they did a good job i'm still driving by and the shingles are still laying in the drive in the driveway in front of the front door all around the house, the shingles are still there where they tore them off and they just never picked them up. One of the first things that I talked about how great PI roofing was, was how they cleaned up after themselves. When they did my, they did my house, I'll never forget, there wasn't a piece of paper on the ground, there was not a shingle on the ground, and then they take this big magnet and they go around your house. Because if you've ever watched them roofing, they're using those those uh, nail guns and those nails are flying off the roof. Oh yeah, and they're you guys pick them all up. It's we sure great. try, Dave. We sure try. Uh, one one of the things I, I say to the guys all the time is uh, we have to have the a nothing hits the ground mentality. Nothing hits the ground. You put a tarp down. You go straight to the trailer. Nothing hits the ground because once the shingles or the nails hit the ground. It's like looking for a nail in the in a bunch of grass. Yeah. Or this time of the year, a bunch of dead leaves. Correct. You know, so we end up breaking up the whole yard and doing a yard maintenance while we're there. 
<laughs> yeah, I got you. And it's really important that, you know, somebody does that. But you got these people that come in and they're not backed by anybody. Right. Yep. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't have a leg to stand on if they leave. Because, number one, where did they come from? Mm-hmm. Did they come from where they to- told you they came from? And how? what's your recourse if you find out you got leaks after they're done doing what they do? Yeah. And that's what I think what those guys tell the customer is, you know, you have a lifetime warranty. It says it right there on the package of the shingle. Yeah. But it's on the shingle, not on the installation of the shingle. That's where you get... As we talked about earlier, yeah. you got to have professionals that put the shingle on exactly as the company who made that shingle wants it put on. Yep. And then there's code enforcement also. You know, code enforcement is, I mean, we have it, but it's just not for roofing. You know, residential roofs, there's just not enough guys out there to enforce the code for all the residential roofs that go on. So I think there's a, you know, the... Uh, the honesty factor or you know they just expect you if you're going to pull a permit that you're going to do it right and uh, i drive by a lot of times and i'm like oh boy write that number write the address down because we need to call them in about a year yeah (laughs) they have a case of caulking sitting in the driveway (laughs) no no caulking on the roof it doesn't need caulking it that's caulking it's a what's caulking say like a 20-year warranty on the caulking but again if you if you're trying to bond the shingle to the the dormer or a flashing it, it's it, it expands and contracts. It's gonna it's gonna break loose after a couple seasons. Right. The caulking is gonna be good, but it won't seal anything. Going to talk to Joel about something that typically sometime during the course of a year I always talk to him about, and that is uh, the turbines on the top of your house. Oh yeah, should you be covering them up during the during the uh, the winter time? Save that heat. Yeah, uh, we'll give you a direct answer on that in just a moment as we finish up on the Dave Ellswick show for a Monday. I'm back in the saddle. I'm back here. I'm glad to be here. I'm uh, I'm healthy again, but I'm healing. I've got some different things that need to heal up, and they are doing that. I got a real good report from the doctor today. We'll be back with more in just a moment with Joel Johnson from PI Roofing. Remember their number. It's 501-707-3115. Or the easiest way to remember where to go, go to piroofing.com. All right, so. Here's you, you see this every year. You're driving around, and uh, you know the turbines that you have on top of, of your house, or turbines, whichever way you want to produce. Uh, Those are the spinny that. things, right? Yeah, the spinny, the whirly gigs <laughs> on top of your house. Now, during the summer, you know those are up there doing that to keep the heat from building up inside your uh, you know attic or your garage. Uh, during the 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 uh, winter time they're there for basically kind of the same reason but people cover them up thinking that if they put uh, plastic bags over them joel that they're gonna they're gonna save money because all that heat is not going to escape outside the house just the opposite right but i'm trying to think of an analogy of how to how to explain what happens but i guess like in your car maybe if you're in your car and your car is a, a warmer temperature than outside, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of you in there maybe just talking and emitting, you know, you're talking, you, you know, air. Carbon you got, dioxide. Yeah, carbon, monoxide, carbon dioxide, you know, flowing. What happens to the windshield? Yeah, it gets all... Uh, fogs up. Fogs up. That's moisture. Yeah. So that's what happens inside your house. 
if your house is a nice, well, my house would be a balmy 78 if it was right. up to me, but my wife doesn't like it that warm. But when it's nice and warm inside your house, it goes up through your through the attic floor into your attic, and then when it tries to get outside, if it's attached to a plastic bag, that plastic bag is going to get wet. Mm-hmm. So now you have a wet plastic bag on your whirlybird. Not good. In a dark area. And what happens to moisture in a dark area? Mold. Yeah. Am I right? That's exactly yeah. right. Mold. Yeah. You don't yeah. want mold in your house. And Nowhere you, in your and house. And then you wonder, hey, you know, we're just not feeling as well as we used to. I'm not sure what's going on. We're mm-hmm. not as healthy. Every time we, if we go on vacation, we feel so much better. We come back in the house, we don't feel quite as good. You may have some mold growing up in your attic. And that plays a, a perfect into a perfect another question. Having that air come up from inside the house through the attic and out the the whirly gig so to speak (laughs) all right a lot of that fresh air that comes from outside is coming through your soffit correct well that's what helps uh ventilate your attic space and Uh, you need to do that absolutely yeah you don't you want it you want air moving uh back in the old days um they didn't have soffits and they didn't have um uh, ridge vents or the whirly birds they had two gable vents everything yeah. was just a, a gable end. roof one on one side and one on the other and the air would just blow through just like a, a warm spring day mm-hmm. and that's how they vented their attic uh, nowadays we are the homes are built so tight you know there's we, we the windows are so tight the walls are so tight 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 so when you close your door that the house is tight it doesn't breathe mm-hmm. so you get a little bit of moisture here or there Again, you have water in a dark place, and it's not good. Yeah, keep that keep that in mind, and also keep in mind, and let me just run over this with you real quickly, because this was taught to me by the master himself, uh, Joel <laughs> Johnson. Uh, a leak is water through the Oof. shingle. After it passes through the shingle, it goes through the felt. After it goes through the felt, it goes through the plywood. Yep. After it makes it through the plywood, it's going to make it to your drywall. And it's going to go one of a couple of places. It's going to start discoloration uh, on your ceilings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, God forbid, it starts running down between, between the, the drywall. Mm-hmm. And now you have a real problem probably with mold. And it's important to understand that 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 way a, a, a leak forms and why you want to make sure you get somebody up there that can find it and find where it's at because it may not be where you're seeing the result of it at. Right. We, we say water travels. Water travels from one place to another. It, it, it'll get on a, a rafter or it'll get on the insulation or the, or the drywall and it'll run across the ceiling until it finds a spot to, to leak in. Correct. And it does. It does. Oh, yeah. And hopefully it does sooner than later because the longer it stays up on something inside your house, the more water accumulates, and then you're going to have a real big problem. And then let me just say, because I've used uh, Joel several times over the years, I've, one of his workers will come out, and I've developed a leak one time because of direct TV, but because they had an antenna they took off, and then they didn't fill the holes for They're the good bolts. for our business, too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so anyway, he came out and fixed that. But I had a leak in my uh, my bedroom, and I didn't know exactly where it was coming from. They went in. They crawled around for about 25, 30 minutes, and they found it and sealed it. And the cost was uh, really, really reasonable for the work that had to be done. 
So that's important to know as well. You can call these guys, and they'll come out and take care of the small jobs as well. Last but not least, uh, they take care of you know home improvement type stuff. That's right. And I've got to call them next week. My son-in-law put his foot through my garage roof. That's scary, too. Yeah. But it was just his foot. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, and uh, so I need you to come out and fix that up. So I'll have you guys to. come out and and give me a quote on that and get it done. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what that's what you're there for. Absolutely. Yeah. That's We'd why love to I be have no service. problem helping you out. You know, having having you help me out. All right. So uh, 26 years this year, marriage. Uh, I'm trying every year. I say I'm almost I'm almost going to make it. And she's like, well, you're not doing a very good job. No, nah, there you go. <laughs> so I'm going to try to make it to 26. I What's, got her when she was just a baby. Okay. Yeah. She was just a baby when I got her. So. <laughs> All right. So with, with that out there, what is your biggest uh, piece that you would say to people who are getting ready to get married for a long-lasting relationship? It's not 50-50. It's 110 110 so you give 110, whether they're given anything, you have to do your part. Yeah. Yeah, my dad used to tell me 60-40, and yours is a 60. <laughs> That's what he always told me. He says, yeah. if you're giving more, you never have to worry about a thing. And uh, and I've kind of lived my life that way. Try to do that all in, in just about everything that I do. But the bottom line is, is you've got to be committed. It's a commitment you're oh, yeah. making. Yeah. You know, because I'm going to tell you what. It's just like God, all right? Sometimes you'll see God working in your life. Other times, he's working in your life, but you don't see it. That's right. And that's the way your marriage is. You know, you just got to gotta keep on working towards the, the end, which is death. <laughs> that's right. That's, yeah. the, that's the end. I mean, uh, it goes until death do us part. We part, we, we part for a little bit, but then we'll be reunited again. That's right. Absolutely. It won't be long. Pass the veil. That's sure. what it happened. Joel, again, thanks so much for coming in. Yeah, Dave, thank it's you. I appreciate pleasure. you. Number one, it's it's always nice to have a good friend who is a Christ follower like you are. And you know that they understand you as you understand them when it comes to, uh, you know, the spiritual side of life. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people are dealing with things that you don't even know about. Oh, absolutely. You know, you don't know what people are dealing with. They're driving home in their cars today. I mean, you got mortgages, you got family members in the hospital, a new diagnosis of some kind of disease. There's so many things out there that people deal with. And I don't know that we really get to know each other like we used to before all the social media stuff. I agree. And uh, we got we got to get back to that and start talking to each other about what's going on in our lives. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Joel Johnson, PI Roofing, piroofing.com on the web. Their phone number, 501-707-3115. I cannot more highly recommend a group than PI Roofing, one of the great, great companies that have been with me from almost the moment that I started here in Little Rock to today. And uh, fantastic organization. Take, keep doing the great deals that you do. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate, appreciate you. It. Appreciate your listeners. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, we got news coming up. We ready to go to, to news there? Wow, man. Okay, Zach, take us to news. Joel, we'll get you on here in a few weeks. I'll be calling you next week to get my garage fixed. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. They're out at my house. All right. A break and then more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.